expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Welcome to episode 34 of Down and Nerdy this week, where we've decided for Halloween we're going to dress up as a couple of podcasters. We are because we're poor. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, when you've got uh, when you're working a couple different jobs and then you've got an infant, that's just the way things go. Yeah. Uh, I'm James Witham alongside. The Merc with one arm, Nick Pataglia. And the one good thing, though, about uh, about that is that our weekends, for the most part, tend to be shit. kind of chill. But that's, is that a bad thing, necessarily? <sighs> for you, I mean, you're chill. It's like you have a family. So you're like, oh, we can go do family stuff. Me, I'm like, I'm by myself. I got my friends. I mean, I went to watch the flights on Saturday night with a couple of buddies of mine, which was fun. But for the most part, it's like I'm just sitting in my apartment you know, crying and, you know, <laughs> questioning my existence. I'm like, why doesn't nobody love me? Okay. Um, I went to Kentucky. <laughs> okay. I went to Kentucky. But you actually left your Virginia. <laughs> I haven't been out of Virginia since last September for my sister's wedding. Yeah. We need to figure that out, man. We need to, uh, we need to get you on a little bit of a vacay or something. <laughs> yeah, if I can afford a fucking vacation. So if people have suggestions on where Nick should go on a little mini vacation, facebook.com slash down and nerdy. We want to know where you're going to let him stay. You know, what couch you're going to let him crash on. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and he'll bring the, and we, and we can let him bring the show to you. Let, let's get this guy, <laughs> let's get this guy out on vacation. He, yeah. he, he needs a break. He works. No, hard. it's just like, I've been planning on vacations. Like I was like, I was planning to go back to LA because you know, I'm friends with Carrie Case. So she wanted me to come out for uh, one of her charity events. I'm like, I can't do it because a work and B is just money's just not there. You know, and it's just, I've been planning, you know, making make a trip to back to Syracuse to visit family. Can't do that. You know, it's just, you know, I've been planning to maybe drive an hour or two away, at least go to Charlotte for at least a day and just do something. Maybe go to see the Hornets play. And I'm like, yeah. can't do that. You know, because money is just so damn tight right now. Like, it's tough. The economy's tough. So, I mean, I'll just say that. Yeah, that's definitely true. And like I said, I went to Kentucky this weekend, but that was a business thing. It's not like I, you know, plopped down X amount of dollars to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, it was it was a work but thing. You, but you still posted pictures on your Facebook of like, hey, look at this tasty burger I'm having. And look at Oh, this. dude, it wasn't even a burger. I got to tell this story real quick, even though it has nothing to do with anything. Um, we went to a place called Double Dogs in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which has really good food, by the way. I wanted to give them a little bit of a plug. Um, so, you know, when I go out of town and I eat at these different local places to try and find something different to get, you know, not get that standard thing that I would which, normally get when I'm home. Which is funny because you're literally like, I'm pick, I'm a picky eater, but seeing you, dude, you're yeah. probably more, more, a little bit more pickier than I am. But I mean, we're, we're, it's, it's neck and neck, but I know your wife told me some I'm things. I'm the worst. You're bad. I mean, you're not... You're not. Um, let's take the skin off the hot dogs. Bad, but you're bad. Yeah, I, I and I and I own it too. So I have no, I have no qualms about the fact that I am terrible. But so I'm looking at this menu, and it's kind of a, it's a sports bar type place. So it's got food that I know I'm gonna be able to eat. And then I look over at the little specials, which I usually ignore because it's got a bunch of weird shit in it. <laughs> right. And I saw a fried pork tenderloin sandwich. I'm like, okay. Uh, we're, we're in the kind of semi South here. We're in, you know, Kentucky fried country. So right. yeah, let me get the pork, fr the fried pork tenderloin sandwich. Why not? And I'm figuring 
you know, you get a sandwich and you figure it's going to be, you know, the standard size of like your Chick-fil-A sandwich, right? Right. She brings this thing out and I swear to you, not even exaggerating, it's the size of my head. Which is fucking huge, by the way. Yes, it is. So, and then first of the funny part about it was, and the people that I were with were laughing about this. They actually put a regular sized hamburger bun on. Them. Oh my god! And like so it's like pouring out the size. It really like, was. <laughs> it was. Like, I need a I need a bicycle seat for this, not a uh, small burger bun. It would be like watching the Hulk try and squeeze into a bikini. It was really. <laughs> it was, except you actually kind of want to see the Hulk squeeze into a bikini. Yes, yes. I mean, it was it was busting. Now, granted, it was good. It was just a lot of food, but I mean, that, that's just, that's, that's the weirdest thing I could say that happened to me while I was in Kentucky. <laughs> that, and plus you actually kind of had a little bit of travel uh, problems oh, a little bit God. coming home. I mean, we got stuck on the plane because the stairs for the plane were inoperable. They could not, you know, the little stair car that yeah. they drive up to the plane, you get off. Well, the stair car was dead. <laughs> so they had to go across to the, this was the, at a, at a private airport. So they had to go to the public airport bar or the, the stair car from their airport to get us off. And it took us longer to get off the plane and back to where our cars were than it did to actually fly from Bowling Green to Norfolk. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, Bowling Green, you want to go, other than outside of work, would you go back again just for that sandwich? I got to tell you, uh, the, the food was good. It's a beautiful place. I don't want to knock Kentucky. I kid, but I mean, it really was a beautiful place. It's one of those places where it's not that busy. I mean, they've got their shopping centers. They have, well, it's, they it's, a, it's a small, it's kind of like a small city. I mean, it's not like, it's, 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 I would put it on the level of probably like Morgantown, West Virginia. It's very similar to that. I actually said to my wife, I said, it kind of reminded me of New Hampshire a little bit. I lived in New Hampshire for a while and it reminded me of that a little bit because there was, you know, there's hills, you see the, you see kind of like the mountains in the distance a little bit, there's yeah. very hilly landscape and it's just quiet and small, even though it was a college town. Uh, it was just a nice place to be. So would I go back on my own dime? Maybe not, but I definitely enjoyed my time there and everybody was really nice. So, you know, if you're ever thinking about going to Kentucky or driving through Bowling Green, definitely stop because they've got good places to eat. Exactly. I mean, yeah, like my weekend, like I said, it just wasn't, it, it just meh. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm like the old grandfather that says, come hither. I come hither. I got a story to tell you. He tells the same fucking story <laughs> 20 times every week. Every time you see him, like, yes, grandpa, I understand you're in the war. Yes, grandpa, I understand you had shrapnel in your ass. I understand, you know, <laughs> I don't need to hear about the time you got crabs well, at the Kenny Chesney concert. No. But, but see, here's the thing that's funny about how our age difference. You're 26. Yeah. So you're a young guy. You've still got that go, go, go thing going on. Yeah. I'm, 30, I'm 35 and I'm like, oh, if only I could have two days where I just don't even have to move more than five feet in my right. living space. Right. Because it's a, you got a giant vibrator over there. What's going on? No, God. <laughs> no, a guy with a leaf blower just blew blew all the leaves and shit. I was gonna say, porch. I know, I know your neighbor is a woman. She must be having a real good time over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but no, I, I sometimes I, I hear about your weekend. I'm like, gosh, I would love to do that. But yeah. then you're like, look at this 
asshole. He's going to friggin' Kentucky. He's all over the place. He's got all this stuff going on. I want that. He has a woman who loves him who's not his mother. <laughs> <laughs> that and that I would not trade for the world because I love my wife and I love my family. But yeah. but my but my wife feels the same way. That's the funny thing. She's like, oh, can't we just chill for five minutes? And then the baby starts crying. You're like, yep. God damn. <laughs> but you love the little guy, but you're just like, you know, just once. Can you just, you know, just pass out? You know, just once. And I think every parent has felt that way at one point or other. They they do the smallest little things and you go, oh, I love him so much. But then at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when they're crying and, and you've been uh, and you've only slept for like two hours and you're like, oh, I just want to go to bed kind of thing. So it, it works both ways. That's for it, sure. It works both ways. It really, really does. But enough about us and our boring lives full of work and travels and crying uh we actually got some fan questions james i love this there's so many good questions too we do and we got our first one comes from ken and ken asks us what are your favorite graphic novels and also what are your favorite animated films in terms of comic book films okay you want to do graphic novels first let's do graphic novels first okay i think that you and i can both agree that the dark knight returns is the gold standard of graphic novels yep. in in our genre, the Frank Miller adaptation of uh, of of the that Batman story is the, not only the best Batman story ever, but I I still think it's the greatest graphic novel. Ever. Pretty much a lot of Frank Miller's work is all, my, some of my favorite graphic novels, just because yep. it's just a very I like the greediness, I like the darkness of it. Um, you know, graphic novels aren't just you know, things that are printed out in the novel format, but they're things like a collection of comics. Yep. So I had to go like with me one time, still trudging through because it's such a long novel and it's only part one is preacher which is fucking phenomenal you know and and that's and that's great uh crow pestilence you know because they just came up with the trade for that uh you know it was great our buddy drew moss did the art on that awesome job uh deadpool versus carnage even though i wasn't really uh by the ending but i, I told you know our friend colin bun who we had the show last week you know we you know uh did wrote that and it was kind of like i told him i was like you know you can't understand you can't understand that both these characters can't really die, so you can't kill one right. off. And I, who knows? Maybe Colin, uh, we have him back on. Who knows? Maybe he'll have Deadpool versus Carnage Part Two or something like that. But maybe, maybe. I think they're also. Uh, you got to talk about uh, Batman Year One. Yeah, is another good one. I thought the collection of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC. I always, I always thought that was a great arc because so much happened. Um, I mean, Mar- as far as Marvel goes, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe was Oh, enjoyable. my God, yeah. That was I mean, enjoyable. I don't know how you cannot uh, put that in there as far as modern stuff goes. I know a lot of people are like, what, where's the love for Watchmen? I'm not a fan of the Watchmen, whether it be in comics, the movie I didn't care for. I'm just not a fan, so I understand why people love it. There's some good Hellboy books as well. I'm not a fan of Hellboy. So, I mean, there's stuff in there that I'm just not a fan of that, that people consider great. I'm, me, personally, it's just not for me. Yeah, I mean, I liked Hellboy and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, Watchmen. I never really read Watchmen. Um, I only saw the movie. I only know about the, but I do know how the, the two are different towards like the end and stuff like right. that. I guess say so even though the movie I found very boring and long, um, you know, it it, uh, it really. I'm glad that they changed the ending to unlike the ending in the in the graphic novel because mm-hmm. the graphic novel ending was just like came out of left field. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just not a fan of them of them in general. I know people love love Watchmen. I'm just I just don't. No, but Ken's also so the second part was 
you know, what are your favorite animated uh, movies, you know, in terms of comic. And Gagor was recent as Assault on Arkham. That, that was, was a very good one. Uh, uh, for me, I, I yeah. got to go. I'm not going to say uh, Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One because we discussed that in the graphic novels. I think one that was done extremely well was Justice League Doom. Yeah. I thought that was a great uh, animated movie. I think this is going to be DC heavy because DC's just had so many good ones. Well, I'm actually going to go on the Marvel side. I'm going to say the Avengers animated movies were fantastic. Uh, I thought I thought the first one was okay. I haven't seen the second one yet. Second one's great. Second one has Black Panther in it. So it's okay, really, so really great. Okay, so if the second one's better, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I think that, uh, I mean, if, you were, if we're going to go Marvel, I thought Hulk versus was pretty good. Hulk versus looks good with Thor and Wolverine. That was good. Um, you know, I mean, I gotta go back to my. I think my first real like in theater comic book movie experience, like in terms of animated, was Batman: Mask of the Phantasm in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, you gotta put that one in there. That one's still a, a classic, and it was just like, done so well. Like my mom actually is a Batman fan, and she loved it. My mom was more of the outdoorsy. Let's go for a ride. Let's go to dinner. Let's go to lunch. Let's go do some sort of activities outside. Or that makes let's sense. Go, you know, let's go golf or whatever. You know, and my mom, you know, was. And let's do tennis or something. My mom was an avid tennis player and a so- softball player, you know. So it was more outdoorsy and stuff like that and kind of crafty and stuff, which was nice. But to be with her in that theater when I was a little kid and knowing all the shitty movies that we dragged our parents to. And I know it's going to happen with you, James and Jameson. It's going to happen with me when I have kids. Yep. We're going to have to take them to see those movies that they just, we just have no interest in seeing. Mm-hmm. But because it's going to keep them quiet for a couple hours and they want to see it, we'll take them to see it. And, but, you know, and, and um, you know, but when my mom's seeing that, that that movie really was exciting for her because she's like, oh, my God, I finally saw this movie with my son where it doesn't suck. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that a, a lot of them are, can be very, very bad. But I mean, the fact and Batman: Massacre of the Phantasm was one of those animated movies that you know you didn't see a whole lot of that in the theaters back when when we were kids. So that was kind of like a special little thing. I mean, even when they did that first um, Transformers animated movie. Uh, back in the '80s, where Transformers were actually dying, and I'm I'm a kid, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Why are they doing this? They're di- the the light in their eyes is extinguishing. This is awful. <laughs> What's going on here? It was like Transformers hardcore, and I didn't understand. I remember, I remember this, and this is going to get a laugh. I know for sure. My mom for Christmas one year bought me Finding Nemo when it first came on DVD years ago. We watched, and I hadn't seen it Finding Nemo in theaters. Now, if you know Nemo, he has a small fin. Right. The small fin is on his right side. Yep, I see where you're going with this. My mom, <laughs> we watch it, and she turns and goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I go, why? She goes, because his right fin is small, just like your right arm. <laughs> and then for the next two weeks, she started calling me Nemo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Well, you were wondering what you wanted to be for Halloween. It was one of those things where I never even, exactly. It was one of those things where I never even, like, saw it, like, noticed it until she brought it up. Wow. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. But that was, that's one of those moments as a parent where you're like, do I say something? Did I screw well, I mean, I was up in here? high school, so she, I mean, she wasn't going to, like, ruin me for life, you know. But, you know, and at that time, I was the same kind of person. I was making jokes about my arm and everything like that, you know. Right. But our next question comes from Jason, who says, what are your thoughts on Arrow joining the Justice League? Um, for now, I think we'll put aside the whole that's probably not going to happen thing. 
yeah. Let's just sit that over on the side. Let's talk about with what if we he, know now. Yeah. How would it, how would he fit in? Yeah. Um, I think he fit in pretty well. I think that there'd be some contention that he's not used to. I just think that, and and Oliver Queen, even in the comics, has been dealing with this uh, in every incarnation that he's in the Justice League. You know, how do you fit in with guys that cl- clearly have way more powers than you do? Right. And that's, but then it ties into the whole Batman thing, but then Batman knows more than Green Arrow does. You know, he's more trained. So it would be interesting to see, you know, how he would fit. I think he would fit okay. Uh, however, I think he would fit much better outside the Justice League if he was more concentrated with just him and Flash. Yeah. That's more of a thing. They're more of a, he's more of a, let's put it this way. He's more of a team up than an ensemble character. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know how much I love Green Arrow, even before Arrow uh, came out. I mean, I've got Green Arrow Year One. That's another graphic novel that I enjoy sitting in my collection right now, and some old Green Arrow comics. So I've always loved the character, but I always loved him more as a standalone character, or as a like you said, a team up character, because I think that's the way he fits best. I don't want to say he gets lost in a team setting because I don't think that's fair, but uh, I just think that every time he's in a team setting, I want him to stand out more and that never really happens. Right. And I feel like if he was in this justice league movie, as much as I love Steven Amell, if he was in this justice league format in this, in the film universe, I just think that he'd get lost in the shuffle. And I think that would be a huge shame. And that would be one of my criticisms Uh for it saying this, you got this great character, this, this great actor, this great personality and you're not utilizing him. So I actually kind of like the fact that they're leaving him out of it. Oh, exactly. That's, that's what I like too is, you know, they're leaving him out of it and everything like that. But no, I, I, like I, said, I think he's more of a team up guy. I think if he put him in flash, it would have more, you know, I mean, we're saying with the arrow TV show and the flash TV shows are combining the two universes, which is great. But like I said, you know, you put him with Batman, Superman, and like that. I'm just, I think he's kind of like the odd man out. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, I think Aquaman is more prominent than Green Arrow would be in the Justice League. I think you know? Aquaman gets way too much flack. Yeah. I mean, Super Super Friends ruined Aquaman for everybody, I think. They really did. That's the only exposure some people have gotten to Aquaman. And it's like, wait, no, wait a second. Aquaman's way more of a badass than you think. And then you've well, got to convince people. If when you when Throne of Atlantis comes out, he will be back in the ranks of badasses. Yeah, like, that's that's going to help out a lot. And I'm seriously, I've I've read some of Jeff Johns's Aquaman stuff. You need if you really have any doubts about Aquaman, do yourself a favor, spend that ten bucks, get the graphic novel, and that will shut your mouth real quick. <laughs> yep. And our final question comes from Adam. And before he get to his question, he actually made a comment. Uh, he said, uh, "Listen to your first podcast. Thought was great." Which we're going to pause right there because, wow, we found one, James. Yeah, it's like I read that and I said, really? Out loud to myself. (laughs) He goes, just have a few comments about it. One, Spider-Man 3 is my most hated comic book movie of all time. I can't go there. I can't go there. It was the most busiest, yes. Most hated, no. No, not even close. (laughs) Me, as always, as I said, Iron Man 3 for me. Daredevil. Uh, uh, watch the watch the director's cut. You'll you'll reverse that. I'll try. Um, <laughs> I, he goes. I laughed my ass off when you said the lizard looks like a goomba. Well, <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, he goes. He goes. Now this is where he gets a little bit controversial, James. Especially for you. He goes. Two. I can't believe you guys didn't care for Man of Steel. Okay. When did I ever say that? I said I didn't like Man of Steel. I do like it. What I said was, and may and, and I haven't listened to our first episode because I don't want to do that to myself. No. Uh, well, not for a while anyway. 
Um, I might have said that and not meant that exactly. What I've said a million times, and he'll find this out when he listens to more episodes, is I liked Man of Steel. I just thought, yes, it had its problems. And I said, I understood why people don't like it. I did like it. I just understand why people don't like it. Right. So yeah. I, I'll go there. I, I've liked, I like Man of Steel. I've watched it more than once. I actually did enjoy it, but there are parts of it I wish they didn't do. Okay, so now his question is, he goes, after recent, he goes, uh, this is somewhat off topic. He goes, after recent news that Marvel is reintroducing story arcs, like Secret Wars, now Age of Apocalypse, do you think that it's really necessary? And what are your thoughts on this? So I think what his question is, like, now that we're seeing, like, the re, you know, there's come out with Age of Apocalypse, the comic, and they're redoing Civil War again, um, he's asking, you know, is it necessary? And I'm going to say this. Yes, it is, because... It's marketing. It's another example of marketing. You know, right. Age of Apocalypse is coming out through Fox, so Marvel is going to be reintroducing Age of Apocalypse again in 2015, right. and it's going to get people, you know, who haven't been familiar with the story arc going in, so it's prepping you. And, you know, you look at something like Civil War, I haven't really read Civil War. I've known synopsis. I know a lot. I know pretty much everything that's taken place. I mean, also, if you've played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, you know how Civil War pretty much pans out. Right. Because um, that's what it's based off of. And it's important because we're reintroducing it. And like I said, and also we're in today's age where, you know, you're not going to be fi- able to find a whole Civil War comic, you know, run or, or maybe a graphic novel you know, in your local bin or whatever, right. you're gonna ha- and you're going to have to order it or whatever. And same thing goes with Age of Apocalypse. And so they're reintroducing these series, and I think it's great. I think it's great because, like I said, when they come out, I'm going to go to Bob or Fancy Scape Comics and Cards and say, hey, I want Age of Apocalypse, or hey, right. I want Civil War. You know, yeah, put me down. I totally agree. Um, I'm going to say yes and no. I'm going to say yes for a lot of the reasons you, you just said. I mean, I think we all have those arcs. Uh, that we've read, where we go, man, I would love to see this on the screen. I would love to see this adapted. We, I mean, we talked about that kind of stuff in our Adapt to Die episode, uh, yeah. if I remember right. Yep. But then at the same time, I say no because I've already read it, for one. And for two, I think that when you adapt like that, you're setting yourself up, no matter what, for criticism. Well, here's the thing. I don't mean to cut you off, but you look at something like Civil War, okay? They, Marvel, they don't have the rights to Spider-Man. They don't have the rights to Wolverine or the X-Men. And they're pivotal roles in Civil War. And Feige said today during the live you know, Marvel you know, news conference pretty much, he said Civil War hasn't had a whole registration thing going on, but it's might not have – but it's not going to be totally – it's going to be a little bit different right. because – and the thing is because they don't have the rights. So – you know, maybe I, I don't think they're going to be re-released. I think that the Age of Apocalypse and so I don't think they're going to be re-releases of stuff we previously read. I think they're going to be re-releases, re-releases of stuff to coincide with the films that they're being part yeah, of. Yeah, they're going to retell the story the way that they want to tell it in their cinematic universe. Which, I mean, I guess you can do that. I, I, they have no choice. And I to me, that's kind of a good thing that they have no choice but to tell it in, in a different way. Because that kind of gives us a different story. And... I think that's what, as much as we criticize uh, the Bruckheimer era and the and the Burton films for Batman, and we're going to be talking about the Bruckheimer stuff a little bit later on in Nerd News for, for a different reason. As much as we criticize that, and, and we talked about this on our Guilty Pleasures episode, 
about liking Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, as much as we criticize that, at least it was a different story. Yeah. It was a different take. Do I think it was, you know, hey, spoiler alert, Joker dies at the end. Um, do I think that that was a good thing as far as uh, Batman fandom? No, I thought that sucked because it's not that, first of all, it's not that easy. Second of all, that's not what happens. But it was a different take. It was a different kind of story. And if I, I think the fact that it set itself outside of what was normally going on in the comics isn't a bad <sighs> thing. Why is it so terrible for people to want to tell different stories? I never understood that. I think it's probably because people are especially nerds like us and geeks like us who are so uh, in-depth with a certain storyline and they see it being changed and they go, what the hell is going on here? And they don't like it because I think what happens is they go into the movie expecting, okay, this is how the story is going to go in their heads, knowing that it's adapted for film, it's going to be a little bit, maybe a little bit more liberties are going to be taken with it. I think that that's more of a danger. I don't want, I don't mean to cut you off either. I think that's more of a danger now than it ever was back then. Oh, yeah. Because now you're seeing a lot more. Every movie has a subtitle now. Captain America, Civil War, Superman, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Avengers, Age of Ultron. You're telling them, here's the story we're going to use, yep. and then you have to follow that a certain amount, otherwise you're going to get criticism. And I realize they can't do that for certain things. Which, so I think you're riding that line of, do I want to see an adaptation of a graphic novel that I enjoyed on film, or do I want to see a completely different story? And I think what you're gonna what you're gonna find is you're gonna run out of original stories in the comics because they keep going backwards to these older stories. To go back to Shakespeare, uh, you know, he said, "What's in a name?" And apparent and to nerds and geeks, "What's in a name?" Especially in a title, is what's in a name? Well, it's it's, it's what I read. You know, what I'm saying, like, yeah. I, you know, that's what it is. They're taking it like, okay, Civil War is gonna be about this. But, you know, whatever. And, you know, like I said, it's like you know, we see all these these things like is Marvel working with Sony to get Spider-Man or whatever. You know, the thing is, and I'm going to say this now, we at, here at Down Nerdy, we're not going to be posting those types of stories because they're all speculation. Unless we get something concrete not from Latina Review or something. Well, I just say it, but like, okay, okay, I know we weren't going to talk about this, but... Okay, the whole thing that happened yesterday with Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange, you know, what did we say? We said, listen, there's conflicting reports saying, hey, they're in negotiation. Where they are in negotiations? Some say they're final negotiations. Some say they just began. Until Feige, who today said if it was confirmed, we would have announced it today. And I believe Feige when he said that. Because oh, yeah. why, you know, when you have this kind of huge event, why else would you you know, forego that information, especially with something that came out. Because you look at something like the Ultron trailer, when that leaked, they say, you know what, yeah, we're going to put this out there, whatever. You know, something like a casting announcement, when they announced, you know, Black Panther, you know, who's going to be playing Black Panther and everything else, we'll get to that later in Nerd News. You know, it's like, why would they announce who Doctor Strange is going to be? Yeah, you know, it, it just makes pretty sense. Much, that's pretty much the next film after Ant-Man. So it's like, why why would you, wouldn't you announce it? But enough of that. Uh, but thank you know thank you guys for your questions and we look forward to you know, every week. Hopefully we do these the segment every week. So it depends on you, the fans. Send us your questions. Tweet it to us at Down Nerdy Seven Five Seven. Post them on our Facebook pages. You know our Facebook page. You know Down Nerdy at Facebook. You know uh, we want to answer more of these questions and you know it brings out a lot 
bigger banter, a lot more discussion. But that's going to do it for our introduction. Coming up next is what we're reading, so stay tuned. Well, it's that special time, boys and girls. Grab your bags, grab your boards, grab your comics out of that dusty old bin where your dad hides his old porn because it's time for what we're reading. And this week, I'm going to go first, James, with what we're reading. I decided to go back to my roots with Marvel and pick up and read Nightcrawler number 7 by Chris Claremont and uh, Marjorie Bennett. And now, the biggest thing in the Marvel Universe that happened recently, as we all know, was the death of Wolverine. And this is a tie-in to Death of Wolverine. There's a lot of comics that are dealing with X-Men are tie-ins to Death of Wolverine. Now, Nightcrawler is pretty much, let's put it this way, he's sad. The entire comic is just him being sad and just reflective on the old times he had with Wolverine. And it just really shows you an element of, you know, he was brought back, you know, to life. He was resurrected. And he sees his best friend die. So it's kind of seeing, like, what your best friend does when you pass. Right. And, and when he's walking through the Xavier, you know, it's, which is now the Gene Gray School, uh, it's no longer Xavier School, it's the Gene Gray School. So he's walking throughout the school, and he's just reflecting. He goes to the danger room, and it's just, he's like, you know, I remember, you know, uh, my first mission where we had to save the X Men from this, you know, island that was alive, which actually brings you, me back to that what if the X Men died in their first mission comic I reviewed weeks ago. Because that was their first mission. So he remembers their first mission, his first mission with Wolverine, everything like that. And, you know, as far as tie-ins go, I'm not a big fan of them. But I think that this was actually really well done. Because not only did we see, hey, I remember when I went on these missions with Logan. But I remember when I, you know, made Excalibur, you know, the team of Excalibur. Right. And, and Wolverine found me in London and was like, hey, you know, why aren't you yourself you know why aren't you looking like yourself which pretty much means like remember that scene in x-men uh first class where magneto is telling mystique hey don't hide who you are don't you know i like the blue kind of thing right so wolverine tells you know kurt hey you know be be the blue guy don't be in this fake you know exoskeleton of a of a guy you know that you are and so he's like, okay, that's why he showed me it's okay to be myself out in public and not sh- shouldn't hide from my appearance. So it's pretty much one of those where it's a reflecting story. And the the entire run has just pretty much been all excitement and just, you know, you know, ready for an adventure. But this is like really the first somber thing where really um, Nightcrawler doesn't know what the hell to do. Like, it's like, you know, he lost his best friend. And he's like, so now what? He's like, I... You, you know, he, he says, you know, God, you brought me back and my best friend's dead now. So why did you bring me back? You know, what's my purpose? You know, kind of thing. So it's really that first sense of doubt that we really see in Nightcrawler, you know, that we haven't really seen the entire run. So I, over. Huh? I think that's kind of cool because now it's it's actually one of those. OK, where do you go from here? Because he's lost his like his mentor, his best friend, his leadership role model. And now it's like, OK, what do I do now that that person's just not here anymore? Yeah, and like the art by Todd uh, Nauk uh, is really good. Rochelle Rosenberg was a color artist on it. Um, really good art, and the cover art by Jamie McKelvey is pretty much if you I don't know if you've seen it, but it's Nightcrawler lighting a candle, and above the candle is a picture of him and Wolverine. Oh wow! And and it's like it's 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 very somber. It's a very kind of cold um, uh, cover. And but overall, I mean, like the series has ups and downs. I'm not gonna say it's been a perfect series the entire time. Um, but now that Wolverine's gone, 
I, and seeing how Nightcrawler is now, I'm very interested to see how and where this story goes. So this is a poll for me. Um, you know, I think it's going to take you three issues to get into the whole story, but then it, start, it starts picking up. It has this lulls, but then it picks up. But this one, I'm very interested to see where it goes from here on out. So basically what you're saying is that Nightcrawler is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of Marvel Comics. Pretty much. Pretty much. But, I mean, at least now they've got, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did last season, it's got this turning point thing now where maybe this turns into an entirely different story in a different direction that could be, maybe he needs to just find his own way now for the first time, and that could be what's cool about this story. Well, the thing is, remember, this, is the, this isn't the first time he's experienced loss in the run. He lost a girl he loved. She got sucked into another dimension. Right. Earlier in the series, it was like issue three, I believe. Um, and... Uh, you know, so this is like his. So pretty much, he comes back, and now everybody he knows is he's losing, and so it's very interesting to see. Especially he's a he's a man of faith, so say okay, how's it testing his faith and everything? Uh, I'm gonna try to see where it goes. But James, now your comic this week. What did you read? Because I don't know what you read. So I decided to do something that I really wanted to do last week, but I'm glad I did Fiction Squad instead because that ended up being really awesome. But uh, I wanted to go back and do a number one issue that DC just put out for Deathstroke number one. Which was actually, it's kind of cool because it was actually written and penciled by Tony S. Daniel. You don't get a whole lot of that. The guy that writes it actually does some of the art, too, which I thought was pretty cool. The uh, inks are done by Sandu Florea. Colors by Tommy Mari. And actually, it's cool because Daniel and Mori actually did the cover art as well. So there wasn't a different cover artist from the regular art. So like you said, Nick, many times in the past, that consistency is there from cover to back cover. Very much so in this issue. Yeah, I was actually very interested to get into the whole Deathstroke thing. It was actually the number one that I want to I'm gonna add to my poll, actually. But the, let's see what you guys say about it, though, first. What, what I thought, this, this definitely is like a jumping off point, too. This is not coming from like the suicide squad that deathstroke is in this is a totally different number one actually the beginning of it kind of felt like almost like a pilot where he's introducing characters like uh his middleman tiggs and uh, angelica who's a contact of his in russia that he kind of has a fling with every now and then and she's the i can get the information for you kind of girl so but, it's so it's like arrow but with deathstroke in a way, because there's kind of that blurred lines. Well, is this going to be a book where he's a bad guy? Is this going to be a book where he's a good guy? There's not really a clear definition there because he basically says that he said it says in the beginning, it says, well, I could see where people would think I'm a bad guy. I don't think I'm a bad guy. This isn't who I am. It's just a job kind of thing. But what I didn't expect for this being a DC book, right. this book is brutal. I mean, there's beheadings. In the beginning of this book, there's gunshots straight through the head. And I mean detailed art. There's at one point during the book where you actually see severed eyes like flying at you. Wow. I mean, it is everything that a Deathstroke book should be art-wise. They really made a point to make this a brutal book. Now, my question is, the art's so brutal and so detailed and nice. Is that because the story is weak? Um, the story is what well, it, it's very much a start of something. He goes off on a contract to kill a guy named Possum. Uh, that's who he's contracted to kill. Well, it turns out this Possum guy knew he was coming, and he sets off something inside Slade's head that kind of incapacitates him. And he starts spouting off these numbers and letters, which I guess was some kind of code that they wanted. 
He watched Lost. For some, he watched, I, yeah. he's, he's a huge Lost fan. And he's going to go get a Mega Millions ticket because it's $280 bucks and he wants to win it. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, the, the wow moment of the book actually came when Possum looks like he's got Slade dead to rights because he's got his swords and he's saying, you know, let's see how great your healing factor is. And Slade kind of turns the tables on him grabs the sword as it's coming down, turns it around, and shoves it up through his neck and into his brain. Wow. And like I said, brutal, very detailed art. (laughs) So Slade gets away. Angelica, she gets kind of blown up inside the room. We don't know if she's dead. She's not. Um, So he ends up being very injured. And the possum doesn't die either. Apparently he has a healing factor somehow too. So he's kind of staggering through the streets looking for some old guy that owes him one, I guess he says. Right. So he finds the guy and the book basically ends with kind of a, a cliffhanger slash shocker. Slade says, something's off. What did you do to me? And the very last panel is him standing up covered in blood several years younger. Wow. It's almost like he went into a fountain of youth. He looks like he's in his late 20s, early 30s. Wow. Again. So no white hair, no eye patch, none of that. It's so like he, he's healed. So he's like Lazarus pitted himself pretty much. Very, it's very much like that. So, I mean, that's the kind of lingering question that kind of leaves you with this book. The only thing I worry about is, okay, what's the focus here? Is it, is it going to be on this contract of his, or is the main focus going to be on what the hell just happened to him? Because there's a danger in trying to do both things at once. I mean, you obviously right. could, but with a comic, you know how it is when you bounce back and forth with different stories. It, one tends to get lost in the shuffle, and one tends to maybe be better than the other. So I'm just going to be very interested to see how they balance that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I think anytime you're dealing with like an origin of some sort, and even like what it looks like they're re, they pretty much relaunched the character because he's younger and everything, it tends to see where to go. So is this a pull? Is this a drop? Is this a buy? And see where it goes. Uh, I, I think the art is very great. It's detailed. If you were worried about this being kind of a kind of a pansy ish Deathstroke uh, storyline, it's very much not. It's what much more brutal than the than the storyline that they had when they launched it the first time with the new Fifty Two. Uh, the, the, the art is great. The story, I want to see where it goes. So this, for me, this is a pickup and this is one of those, it's not like I'm going to give it three issues and then I might drop it. It's more like, I want to see where this is in three issues because I'm just worried that there's going to be that extreme drop off from issue one to issue two. I need to see how they're going to start off issue two and where it looks like they're going to put their focus. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my main worry about someone you see some like great art you're like oh god is this covering up for the shitty story you know and i'm glad to see it it's not but that's going to do it put your bags and your boards and your comics back to where his dad's well your father probably found his old porn and moved it again so uh put them back to where uh where you found your comics where you place them so your mom doesn't get them and tell you them they're evil and she burns them and you start crying because he had action comics number one and that's worth 3.2 million dollars so that's going to do it for what we're reading. Coming up next, it's uh, This Week in Geek Tame It, and we're going to be reviewing the Constantine pilot, so stay tuned. More Down Nerdy coming up next. All right, boys and girls, get your popcorn ready because it's time to sit down in front of the screens, big and small, for This Week in Geek Tame It. And this week, Nick, one that I've been looking forward to for a while, we finally got a chance to see Constantine. Well, that way, one that you've been looking forward to a while, but it's one you've been, like, I've been 
text you, like, did you watch the Constantine pilot yet? No, I haven't. It's like, we're doing a show on it, <laughs> you know? What but, sucked was is that during the premiere night on Friday, I was on an airplane, yeah. so I couldn't actually get to watch it. And then when I finally came home, I got a chance to finally watch it on the DVR. You know, when you anybody that's got a, a, an infant in the house, you know how it is. You sit down and watch something. The baby cries. You clean up the dirty diaper. You sit down. You think you're done. You're not done, buddy. You need to get that bottle and do all kinds of other stuff. So yeah. I did I did finally get to see it, and, and I got to tell you, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw. I think it. my only thing, though, it's a slow burn. Like, it's one of those things where – Okay, you watched the pilot. I thought Matt Ryan was perfect as Constantine. Oh, he was scene. excellent. Um, I thought Harold Perrineau as Manny was pretty good, too, as his quote-unquote guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see where the show goes. Uh, but like I said, it's one of those things where I don't know a lot about Constantine. That's why I think I think you probably enjoyed it more than I did because you know a lot more about Constantine than I do. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, there's action. It's all nice and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm like, Something like so, it feels like something's holding it back, but I didn't know what it was. So, and my thing is, my biggest worry is that it's on Fridays at ten. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh shit! And it's only got like eight episodes, so it hasn't gotten the full you know season treatment pretty right. much. And uh, so I'm like, oh god, like don't cancel us, like please, like NBC, don't cancel us. I, I, if it was like. Thursdays at ten, I can't say because it's got to be I think at ten because oh it has a, to be at ten it, yeah it's a really dark show and it's it's I mean it's really really dark um but I you know what worries me is that Friday time slot because nobody really watches movie, uh, TV on Fridays that's pretty much where it's yeah. like the Raiders that. The, Fridays is like the Oakland Raiders. That's where people go <laughs> to die, pretty much. Yeah, I can understand that, but I think that. Um... That with the show, I mean, and Grimm, they've had success with Grimm on Friday nights with NBC. I think they wanted to pair that up with this because I think they're sensing a similar theme here. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but uh, I- I'm willing to let them let them pair pair it up with with Constantine because they, you know, there might be a similar audience there. But basically, yeah, I mean, there was stuff that I probably noticed that uh, you didn't notice, like um, Live. The, the live character that Constantine was uh, was kind of trying to save. They keep mentioning her father. Right. Uh, J- Jared, I think it was his name, correct? Right, yeah. Okay, so the father's name was Jared. Well, one of the alter egos of Dr. Fate was Jared Stevens, who was not necessarily Dr. Fate in the comics. He was a character called Fate who actually had to melt down the, uh, the amulet and the Dr. Fate helmet to survive a demon attack that killed the previous... Uh, Dr. Fate, and then um, and Jared himself ends up actually getting killed later on, and the amulet and the helmet return back to its normal, uh, return back to its normal form, and that might be why we saw it in the house back in its normal form, because her father is in fact dead, if that's where they're going with it. Right, like I said, there's some Easter eggs in there, I mean the helmet of course, if Dr. Fate is the biggest one. Pandora's but- box was there as well. Pandora's People box is there. That. Yep. Um, but no, I, that, like that scene where they're in the house in that getaway house, that was pretty awesome. Like I like that a lot because you know, because remember, Liv is only in one episode because remember right. they, they remember they 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 pretty much fired her or let her go from the show right. for unexplained reasons. But they the reason was hey. It's Constantine. Everybody around him dies or goes or whatever. But in this one, I like it. There was where it's like, hey, 
She just couldn't handle it, man. Like she just left. She just yeah. They wrote the- they wrote her out pretty well. I thought they they basically said you scared her off because her life is more important. And I was like, okay, that's a good way to get somebody off of the show. Yeah, instead of killing them off. But I mean, let's just talk about Matt Ryan because after your big ramp about Keanu Reeves as Constantine weeks ago. How is it to get sort of like Matt Ryan, John Constantine, where he's got the humor down, he's got the voice, you know, the the accent, he's got just everything down. And that end scene where he's got the fists on fire, mm-hmm. holy shit. Oh, yeah. I just think that, I mean, it's not very often you can find the perfect guy or perfect woman for, for a certain part, but they really found lightning in a bottle with Matt Ryan. I mean, he's got the humor down. He's got the accent, the mannerisms, everything. Yeah. It's almost like he was John Constantine. It's almost like that's the guy that they found and modeled the book after him, not the other way around. I thought he was a fantastic embodiment of the character and the whole thing with the cards where he says, uh, where, where Liv says you're an exorcist, and he says, I'm getting new ones made. And stuff yeah, like that. it's a running joke, where, like, especially like at the beginning, like we've seen it in the promo, too. Uh-huh. But it's like, you, when you first checked yourself into the Saint Asylum, you know, you said you were a master of the dark arts. He's like, He's like, he's like, kind of a, kind of a, a runaway with that, isn't it? Kind of thing. He's like, yeah, I'm not really a master yet. I'm getting there though. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, I hate to put on airs. He says. Yeah. But um, I, no, I thought that they did, and the, the, the people that were worried about him not smoking. Well, you saw him flicking the lighter and stuff like that. So it's, not it's only, like, not only that, but the end where you see that girl drawing, and he's got the cigarette yep. in his mouth. Yep. So there are ways to go around it. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the fact she's drawing these things with him smoking, maybe it's a foreshadowing into the fact that where he gets lung cancer, you never know. Could be. And, I mean, the people are saying, you know, who's the who's the woman that could have been drawing? I mean, it could could be Madame Xanadu. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, lot of different characters that they could go with with that. I'd be interested to see if they uh, decide to introduce that character right away. I, I think that uh, we're going to see Zed. Here in the net, maybe in the next episode, who's you know kind of the one that kind of calls him on all of his bullshit. We are because we are because uh, Angelica uh, Salaya, who is Zed, she's uh, slated for seven episodes, so she's going to probably be in from episode two all the way to the end, pretty much. So here's the thing, and and I'll and I'll I'll give my take on this, and then I want to see see how you feel about it after watching the after watching the pilot. I got to be honest, I can understand why after they saw what they saw, they got rid of the Liv character and got rid of her because honestly, she didn't really, and and maybe it's because I knew she wasn't going to be around anymore. I was kind of looking at her and I'm thinking, this is not a strong character. This is not somebody that I really need to be in this show. I don't really care about her enough. I know that there's a connection there now to possibly Dr. Fate, but there's so many different ways that they can bring the Dr. Fate character in at some point. I didn't need her there. So what was your take on it? Do you, do you think that you, would you have liked to see more from her or are you just kind of okay with her fading away? No, I was okay with her fading away because one thing I realized with her character was, you know, as you said, she wasn't really strongly written. Um, you know, of course, she doesn't know what's going on as the episode goes on. She kind of figures it out. But the fact of the matter is, though, for the moment that she figured out, like, what was going on and everything, um, she pretty much was kind of like, I'm out kind of thing. You know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like, she was looking for an out, and I think she found it. And 
So it's kind of like, okay, there's no reason, you know, if you're so freaked out by this as she was, why would you stay in it? You know, there's no reason right. you would want to move on and move as far away from, this, from that town as you can. And she did. So, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, again, it's Constantine. There's constant people coming in and out, in and out. Right. What, you know, she's a minor character. She said she's a bridge to Dr. Fate. Who knows? They want to do a Dr. Fate spinoff. It's a rumor. But, I mean, as far as I think about it, though, uh you know, it's not a good res. It's just one thing. We're like, okay, she was, you know, the pilot character. You know, there's characters right. in, in many pilot episodes of many TV shows where, okay, they're in the pilot episode, and the rest of the season, for some reason, they're just gone. Yeah, well, so, and then there's and then there's other shows do that too, where certain characters are just there for an episode, maybe two, and then they're and then they're gone because they were part of a small story, and then you move on. I mean, Arrow does it. Flash is is doing it. Every Agents of Shield, everybody's doing that. So you know, it's okay for Constantine to kind of change their minds and say, you know what? She's a one shot character at best. And, and the other thing that, that, um, that I think is that she just, I I don't know. She just, I mean, how many episodes of the eight would have been wasted on her realizing her power? Suddenly the focus isn't on Constantine anymore. It's on her. And it's like, what the hell do we care about her for? Let's get to Constantine. So I think that's part of the reason why they did it. They're like, how many episodes do we want to waste with her kind of realizing her abilities before we finally get into it. I don't think they wanted to take that risk. Part of me is this. Part of me thinks that she was only written for one character because she didn't test well. That's why I think that they cut well, her for one good episode. reason, I think. But the thing is, you look at a character like Chaz, okay? He's Constantine's sidekick, but he's not always with Constantine. You know, the focus is right. always on Constantine. So when you start introducing these other characters are around him, it's like, well, wait, is this like Constantine's band of misfits or what is this? You know what I mean? Uh, but the way they did Chaz was like, okay, he's there, but he's only got a few scenes. That's fine because they realize, hey, he's a secondary character. Mm. This show is about Constantine getting his soul back, you know? So, yeah, I have no problem with it, I, with her being cut. And I, think that, I think the reason why they cut her was because she didn't test well. I think that people thought, like, wait a minute, what, you know, if this is going to be about her getting realizing her powers, as you said, James, why doesn't she get like her own show? Right. Or, you know, and, and, and this is the first season. You're going to dedicate the first season to Constantine understanding him as a character. It shouldn't be about her. You know what I'm saying? It's like as if Arrow did a whole season about Sarah. It was you know like it was like when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. decided to throw all this focus on Sky for half the season of the show. And it's like, wait a second. Weren't we all hydrated up here a second ago? And we're trying to figure out what's going on here. And now we're doing this. Uh, why Why are we taking that left turn? Yep. I think that's one of the things that turned people off about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I think that Constantine, I, I like the fact that they're not rushing anything. I like the fact that it's going to be kind of a slow burn on that drag for, for John Constantine. And I think that they're, they've got something here. They've got the leading man is perfect. If they, if it's willing to be given a shot, I think they've really got something here. Yep, and that's going to do it for this week in Geektainment. But coming up next, it's Nerd News, where we span the globe for the top hottest trends in the, around the Internet. Stay tuned, more Down Nerdy come up next. Well, it's that time, boys and girls, nerd and nerdettes alike, where we span the globe around the internet and find what's the hottest things happening in what, James? Nerd, nerd news. news! And, of course, the biggest story of the week. Yesterday, Marvel had their big press announcement, and the movies that came out and they announced their full slate. Uh, let's, start, let's get to the full slate, what it was. So, May 16th. 6, 2016, Captain America Civil War. November 4th, 2016, Doctor Strange. 
May 5th, 2017, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. July 28th, 2017, Thor Ragnarok. November 3rd, 2017, Black Panther. July 6th, 2018, Captain Marvel. Now, James, there's a movie here that you just got to rant about and most about people's reactions. And that movie is Inhumans, which is November 2nd, 2018. Here's the deal. I know that people are, it's like a cult following with the Inhumans for the, for the Marvelites. And, and I got I'm just not into it. It's like, it's Inhumans is watch is my Marvel version of Watchmen for me. I'm not into it. I don't get it. It's the whole, they walk among us thing. I realize that they're like a kingdom and Black Bolt is their leader. And, you know, this Terrigen bomb can go off at any time and unleash the Inhuman within you. But I'm just watching people on this Marvel live chat creaming themselves over this Inhumans movie and some of these other movies. And I'm like, what is the big fucking deal about the Inhumans? You pretend to care because it's a Marvel event and we should be excited. Hey, I'm excited. I might be a DC guy, but I'm really excited, but I'm not saying that I, you know, I, I need an ambulance and that Marvel's saved my life and all this other bullshit that people are saying. I mean, it's the inhumans name one. Anybody that's not a huge Marvel fan, name one inhuman character besides black bolt. I dare you go ahead. Right. Give it a shot. Right. I mean, my thing. Come on. My- my thing is this, and there's another movie we'll get to that I didn't say, they didn't announce that it was announced yesterday. We'll get to that afterwards. But no, I just look at just the whole slate of movies, like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and everybody's like, oh my God, we got Black Panther movie. Oh my God, we got. It's like, what the fuck did you expect? If you actually yeah. read the news, you know, like Black Panther, for example, stay, I'm sorry. And I, I, I talked to uh, our, our listener, Avery, last night on Twitter about this. I said, if you, I go. Stan Lee said three to four months ago, we're yep. getting a Black Panther movie. We're, yep. It's it's coming, but what did everybody do? Oh, Stan, you crazy old man! You're no no yeah. what the fuck you're can talking we stop, about. Can we stop right there for a second? I want to find the asshole that tweeted me on Twitter saying that Stan Lee was a senile old man and that we were taking his word for it. Well, you know what? I hope you're listening because fuck you. Stan Lee was right the entire time, so that crazy old man knows a hell of a lot more than you do in your mother's basement jacking off during this thing, okay? So Stan Lee was right. You were wrong. Shut your damn mouth. Go on. And here's the <laughs> I, I, I love seeing you like this. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's like it's Stan Lee. It's not like Kevin Feige is like, hey, you know, Keeping you, we're keep, Stanley, we're keeping you behind closed doors and letting you know what the fuck's going on. But as like I said, like we knew Civil War was coming, we yeah. knew Doctor Strange was coming. Yeah. You know, and kind of say Benedict Cumberbatch, the whole thing they didn't announce it yet. So to everybody that was creaming themselves a couple days ago about, oh my God, Benedict Cumberbatch, calm down. You know, this is why you we here at Down Nerdy wait to post stories like yep. that because Kevin Feige said, I said this earlier in the show, hey, if it was happening, we would have announced it. So. Time your jets, people. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is happening. We knew that. Thor Ragnarok is happening. Uh, Captain Marvel, like, like I talked to Avery, and he said on Twitter, he was pretty much like, you know, Captain Marvel, you know, uh, you know, what, he was just kind of like getting excited about that. And, he's, and I'm like, yeah, I go, but you do know they're doing a Captain Marvel because DC is doing a Wonder Woman movie, correct? Right. Like, that's why they're doing it. Now, I'm not saying she doesn't have a following, but, you know, and, and one thing I want to talk about, too, is, is, you know, before I let you say what you were about to say, um, they asked Feige, or, or Feige, or how do you want to say his last name? I think it's Feige, uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They asked, they asked, when it comes to Captain Marvel and Black Panther, 
is race and gender going to come into directing? He's pretty much just said, no, we're going to hire the best person available. And, you know, hey, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, he said, yeah. you know, he got, and, and the fact is, he also said that, hey, Thor and Hiddleston are going to be back for Thor Ragnarok, which I think puts an end to the whole, will they change Thor now that Thor's a woman in the comics? They're not going to. Yeah, thankfully they're putting that to bed. I think that was a, that was a good thing to just get that out of the way right now. I actually do think that uh, as far as giving for, for Marvel doing their first solo movie for female, I think the Captain Marvel is the perfect choice because yes. she's probably the strongest standalone female character that they have. I mean, if you look at some of the recent arcs, she's actually been right up there with Captain America as like the leader, like a de facto leader of the Avengers kind of thing. She's top female on on board, not Black Widow in the comics. So uh, I just think that she's a great choice, and I think that she'll have a nice, strong portrayal in in the in the standalone film that she's going to be in. I think we may see her a little bit before then in 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 one of these other movies, if if only for a little bit. But uh, I'm just I think it's it was a perfect choice. And for everybody saying, hey, where's the Black Widow movie? Really? Really? You want her to have her own movie for what? Well, Faggy even said he goes, the reason why we haven't seen a Black Widow in a Hulk movie is because they were so well with the Avengers, just with the Avengers. He's like, there's not really any talk of them having their own film. See, I think that's true for for uh, Black Widow, but I think that's a cop out on Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. They're scared to make a Hulk movie. I get it. I mean, look at the, uh, look at the past. I understand why they're freaked out. They don't want any of these movies to fail. They're scared to death to make a Hulk movie because they don't want they don't want it to fail. I don't blame them. And by the way, so looking at Black Panther now, Black Panther was a movie that, like we like I said, we knew it was coming. So they casted Chadwick Boseman, who was uh, Jackie Robinson, who was great. Perfect uh, Jackie Robinson story. Um, and he's, I think he's a perfect choice for Black Panther. I am excited about this. Um, you know, again, Captain America's shield in the Age of Ultron trailer we see is destroyed. And what do they need? Vibranium. Where you get vibranium? Wakanda. So, you know, and they're saying that Black Panther is going to have, what is it? What is it? It's going to be a, 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 top, a good tie into Avengers 3, I believe they say he's going to have a good, a, a good chunk of the story. And I think he's also yeah. going to probably be the stinger as well. Yeah, I, I think that they they they've got definitely a lot that they can do. I mean, if if you re- if they decide to go with the Infinity War arc that happened recently in the comics, Black Panther is uh, has a pretty big role in that arc. So if they decide to kind of go that route, of course, then the, you'd you'd have to bring Namor in as well. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that because they don't have the rights for Namor. I mean, you don't have to, but it's part of the it's part of what what brings Black Panther into it. So I'd be surprised if if they don't if well, they wouldn't like I said they wouldn't have to they could work around right. it but if they were gonna do a, a more of an adaptation then then they'd have to but I mean they can't do Civil War they're not gonna be able to do exactly that's why they're just gonna stick it into one Captain America movie right and the thing is you know with Black Panther it's like you knew also from seeing if you watch the Ultron trailer and if you haven't right now what the hell's wrong with you. Um, Andy Circus is Ulysses Claw, yep. like who is a big antagonist in Black Panther. But you mentioned the movie James that they're doing, and they're not doing Avengers Civil War for the third Avengers film. It's Avengers Infinity War, which is going to be bro- broken up into two parts. May twenty eighteen is the first part. May twenty nineteen is the second part. Yeah, and I I don't really have a problem with with them breaking it into two parts because I think they're probably going to need to. But yeah. it, it almost it's almost like they're putting an exclamation point on it. Like, is is this the end? Kind of thing. 
thing. I don't think it's going to be. We know it's not because, you know, you can print money with this stuff. I just worry because I read uh, the Infinity Arc that Marvel did, which was not too long ago. And it just dragged on. It was so slow. And, you know, they bring the builders in and the builders are destroying worlds. And while they're distracting the Avengers, Thanos kind of tries to get the Infinity Gauntlets and take down Earth and look for his son and kill him because he's the only one that can stop him kind of thing. And I just don't know that, that you want to do that story. I, I, I don't know that it was strong enough, just like Original Sin. My God, if they tried to do Original Sin as a movie, it would be awful. So, I mean, by then, will the hype machine be so fantastic that it won't matter what they do? Maybe, but I I, I just think that you could probably make it more exciting as a movie if you don't adapt it directly, but there was just a lot. And it was what, remember remember how you you read that tie-in for Captain Marvel and like there there were 60 members of the Avengers? There was like a thousand, actually. Yeah, so, I mean... Is that really the message you want to send? That everybody can be an Avenger? Because, uh, and maybe that's a whole, you know, anti bullying thing. Everybody's an Avenger. And that's great for PR, but that's not great for my movies. I don't want 60 guys in the Avengers. That just, that just can't happen. Right. But, you know, you look at the Infinity Wars, you look where they're going. Uh, we, by the way, we, we did post the Infinity War trailer uh, recently. That's on Facebook page, Facebook.com. Don Nerdy, um, we again we posted the Infinity War teaser trailer where at the end he has Thanos, he has the Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. on his hand, he's wearing it. Um, but no, I, now you know, away side apart from the movies, James. Before we go on to our next topic, there's two things I want to ask you about um, or talk and talk to you about. Number one, um, and our friend Mark Deering actually brought this up on his Facebook as well. Uh, with these new movies come out, these new slates, especially the seeing how they're C and D characters, you know. The question now is, will people go out and buy and get into the the, the comics? Will this get people into reading? Because, again, you know, we're not into the Iron Mans and the Class 2 guys anymore. We're in the, the C and D-minus characters, the Inhumans, right. the Doctor Stranges, and you know they're going to re-release their comics. They're going to come up with new runs or whatever, just like they did for Guardians of the Galaxy and so forth. So, A, do you think these movies are going to get people to read? Um, and just, B, overall, you know, again, when you guys people going over, oh my God, Avengers this, oh my God, Black Panther this. Do you think it's mostly because, as you said, it's Marvel? Like, oh my God, we're being a Marvel movie. And also, how big were responses to DC pretty much mic dropping a couple weeks ago? Uh, Well, starting off with the first thing, I I do think that it'll make some people read. I think that... Uh, the curiosity will be there for from probably more so for Doctor Strange actually because I think he's more of an interesting character than Black Panther. A Black Panther is a very much unknown entity. Now I know that Guardians of the Galaxy is Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be for, forever be the Heath Ledger of, of Marvel movies because everybody doubted Guardians of the Galaxy and now people are going to go oh look, look you, you thought Guardians of the Galaxy was going to bomb and it was one of the greatest and uh, most best Marvel movies of all time. So that the people are, I was going to reference that this is a little different because guardians of the galaxy had a, a, a different theme, all of its own. It was funny. It had heart. It had all these different things that you could see in the trailers that this is going to be a different movie. I don't know that you're going to be able to say that about Dr. Strange and about black Panther, both of which I think will be interesting movies. But I think the danger here is to make people think just because guardians of the galaxy was successful as successful as it was that black Panther and Dr. Strange are just going to be automatically successful week one. Sure. But does it going to, are they going to have the staying power of guardians of the galaxy? I don't think so. 
only because Guardians of the Galaxy was that much different and that much outside of what they were doing. And my thing with Guardians of the Galaxy is going back to your old Inhumans talk. You know, my thing is this. This is what I talked to Avery about, and he saw where I was coming from. It was, you know, a couple years ago when Guardians was first announced, people were like, who the fuck are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. But now Inhumans are announced, and like, oh, my God, Inhumans. It's like, really? Like, I bet you, as you said, name me one Inhuman that's not Black Bolt. Like, right. seriously. Like, I doubt... You know, it's like two years ago, you're wondering, like, wait, 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 wait. Marvel's making a movie where the main, some of the main protagonists is a raccoon and a talking tree. Okay, how is this going to work? Exactly. You know, and, and that's that's our big complaint, people. We're not knocking people who, you know, there are people who like the Inhumans, but the way when you watch, when we watched this press event, this press event yesterday, the way people were acting was if everybody in America not only knew who the Inhumans were, but like read all the arcs and everything else, which is, I doubt. Right, unless but, you're a huge Marvel fan, you won't know. Now, as far as the whole DC thing goes, um, it's just funny to me that people are just losing their minds over movies for characters like Black Panther and Doctor Strange and the Inhumans. And then DC is announcing, you know, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and all these other mainline characters, Green Lantern, The Flash... But yet, people are more excited for Black Bolts. I mean, uh, excuse me, Black Panther. Are you kidding me? First of all, and I saw people saying, suck it, DC. Are we really sucking it? I mean, come on. First of all, it, sh- it shouldn't really be a competition. That's stupid. Second of all, look at where they're at. You've got Marvels in Phase 3. They're deep into their catalog right now. DC is just getting started. So right. you can't even compare the two because, of course, DC is going to start with their mainline characters. Now, I'm sure that DC hopes that in 10, 15 years, they're going to be able to announce friggin' a Firestorm movie and stuff like that. I'm sure that they would love to be able to do that, but they're not there yet. Just like Marvel. Marvel had to start somewhere, too. Let's not forget that Marvel didn't just fall into the scene and, and was was an automatic success. They had to start... Somewhere. They had to start with Captain America, the first Avenger. They had to start with Iron Man. They started with their mainline characters, too. So let's not pretend like Marvel started off with lesser-known characters and became successful. They went well, with their bread and butter, just like DC is doing in their first Well, time. to actually counter your point, they actually did go with their B-list. They did start off with their B-list characters and Iron Man and Thor and everything else. I mean, which is a credit to Marvel because, like I said, they didn't have Spider-Man. They didn't have X-Men. You know, a couple of properties. But, but at least these I, were known entities. Right, right. I, I can see where you're coming with those. Yeah, exactly. I, I can see where you're coming with that. I mean, they were working with what they had, which, which, and what they had weren't wasn't terrible. No, it People, wasn't like it wasn't like shit. It wasn't like oh my god, we got to start Marvel Universe. Um, our first movie is gonna be Doctor Strange. Right. I mean, people know who Thor is. People know who. Uh, know who Iron Man is, and they obviously knew who Captain America was. That, that's a pretty good way to start yourself off. It's not like they were starting with nobodies. Now, oh. granted, they're too, maybe they're too biggest in Spider-Man and Wolverine. They didn't have, but you know that's you know that's their own fault. So they started with what they could, and they cast them perfectly. And here we are today. I just don't think that. I just think that suck it DC is a stupid thing to say because it's like comparing apples and oranges. If you, if I would love to have a conversation with somebody that is a bigger fan of Black Panther than they are of Superman or Batman because I, I, I don't know how someone could exist in this world and be that way. Yeah, well, speaking of, you know, talking stupidly and everything else, uh, you know, 
we're down there. We're big nerds. We're big geeks. It's a known fact. Uh, so when you hear, see the Russo brothers, James, this is our second story. They talked about uh, Academy Awards and how, they talked about how superhero films shouldn't be snubbed at the Oscars. And uh, Anthony Russo, who was like one of the co-directors for Captain America Winter Soldier, his brother Joe is the other one. He said it's a real movie, real filmmaking, and it has really high aspirations in terms of what cinema can be and what it can do. And what our experience of it is, it has every intention on the part of the filmmakers to teach audiences on the deepest level. So it's pretty much like, and Joe came out pretty much saying like snubbing comic book movies because of their ubiquity is akin to dismissing the Western as matinee fodder. Now here's my take, and I agree with them, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a nerd, but when you look at Heath Ledger winning the Oscar for the Joker, okay, and I understand, and the and reason why he won it, why people say, well, he won it because he died or whatever, it's a totally different story. But the fact is he won the Oscar. That's right. When Heath, Heath Ledger won that Oscar. Right there ended the whole thing of superhero movies shouldn't be nominated for Oscars. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, ended right there. They, and I think, I even posted this when I posted the story. Uh, I said, listen, they make the most money. You know, they get some of the biggest names and everything else. And it's, and it's literally, I think, the toughest thing to write because, you know, you have to, co- co- you know, con- connect so many different arcs and, you know, 23 different comic books together right. to make one, you know, 150-page, 200-page script. You know, so it's like, yeah, it should be nine for best writing and best right. picture and everything else. You know, the, but the Academy, it's like, I look at the Academy, like the baseball writers for the Baseball Hall of Fame, where it's like, Oh, let's see here. Um, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. Yeah, he had his great career numbers, but you kind of were part of the steroid era, even though he didn't you know, confirm that you did do steroids. It's like, oh, let's see. Uh, Iron Man, Avengers, you know, Dark Knight, whatever, Man of Steel. Yeah, you made all this, you know, you, you did have some good writing and everything else, but, you, did, you know, you made a lot of money, but you are a superhero movie, right. you know. That you know, we can't uh, put you in this category, which I think is bullshit. I think it is too, and I I think that there are obviously some that wouldn't be nominated, and for good reason. There's some that shouldn't be nominated, but at the same time, you have to look at certain portrayals, and you have to judge them on their merit. And that's why they have categories like best adapted screenplay at the Oscars. That's why they expanded. The best picture category to, I think, 10 pictures now because they wanted to include films that were more mainstream. I mean, friggin' Bridesmaids got nominated. Hangover got nominated. You can't up, tell me. I think up, up got nominated, I, I mean, think. come on. So why why do they deserve to be nominated more so than any of these comic book movies? And again, I wouldn't nominate all of them. I think that, like, you look at... And now, granted, we haven't seen the movie yet, so maybe I'm overstepping here. But you look at James Spader's portrayal of Ultron. Right, and I look at something like that and see how deep in. Now, granted, it's it's more of a voiceover thing, but but, still. It, but, but this is like when I don't know if you saw the movie Her. I saw the movie Her, and this is when my friends and I were talking about, hey, Scarlett Johansson should get nominated for her work in Her, even though she was just a voiceover. Because the thing is, you're doing a voiceover, yes, but you have nothing around you. You have nobody to interact with. You're going based on just emotions of what's written in the script. Right. right. So. Yeah, Spader. I think Spader should be nominated. You know, if I mean, only time will tell. Yeah, but but yeah, I think I think that you can't discount or, stuff like that. Or just have like, for example, like you know, we talk about like with Andy Circus, and he should you know he should have a camera for like best motion capture. You know, um, which would I think be more of like with the te- you know how they have the Oscars with the acting, but then they have the technical awards like the day before, yeah. which I think that would be more of that. But 
you know, yeah, why not have like best voiceover work? You know what I'm saying? And and the thing is too is you can give Oscars not just to superhero movies but for documentaries as well. Yeah, you know, I just in terms think of voiceover. I just think that they they're, they're snubbed because of subject matter, and and I don't think that that's I don't think that that's necessarily right. I mean, I mean, just I mean, do they feel like they're giving them their due with all these you know like effects and sound editing? I mean, does it does it feel like that's the that's their kind of wheelhouse where they're always going to get nominated for stuff like that? So screw it, we don't need to nominate them for best picture because if that's the case, I think that's a cop out. Yeah, I mean it, it, it is. Like I said, it, it's 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 2014. You know, the the the, uh, the people who vote on the Oscars, you know, it, stop. Like like don't think like this. Don't act like it's a golf club and you can't let certain people or certain films in. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, and we're know, not sitting here saying that like Dave Bautista should get nominated. No, for Drax. But I mean, he was that, good, but he was an Oscar good. We know the difference. But the thing is, you can't ignore box office figures. Like, you're nominating people for films that are like, you know, uh, haven't made a lot of money. Like, they maybe got limited release or, or they got partial full releases, but they didn't make, you know, they made on average probably 50 million or whatever like that, which, right. you know, or, or 40 to 30 million or whatever, but they're still getting nominated. It's like, you have these movies that are making 300 million opening weekend. One billion dollars over you know a few months, but nope, we can't. We're not going to nominate them. I, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, I think that it shouldn't be a huge factor, but it de- it's definitely a factor. Come on. And it's our final story today, James. Well, uh, our good old buddy Joe Schumacher, who invented the, such things as bad nipple, bat nipples, and bat cod pieces, and tons and tons of puns, which I think James, you were uh, a student at. You were a student of the Joel Schumacher Pun Academy. No doubt. Um, there's been some rumors going back and forth, and a couple days ago it said he's this is happening. A couple days and a couple days later it said it's not happening. But we just got a report yesterday that said that he is, in fact, from what people are hearing from people at DC, going to be doing a comic book adaptation of a Batman film, which was supposed to be the fifth Batman movie. But of course, after Batman Robin was hated and and whatnot and panned. Uh, they said, nope. So he's pretty much saying, nope, let's take my bastard creation and let the bat nipples live on. We don't know if it's going to be a 3D comic because, I mean, who wouldn't want to see bat nipples in 3D? Oh, of course not. It'll poke your eye right out if you're not careful. Uh, I, at first, I thought this was another movie, so I freaked out. I'm not going to lie. I did freak out a little bit. And then, <laughs> then I saw that it was a comic, and I was like, oh. And then I thought about it for a second, and I went, that's actually kind of interesting. Because I'm not going to lie. Now, we said this guilty, guilty pleasures before, how we liked Batman forever, how yeah. we will watch those movies for what they are and enjoy them for what they are. I, I Curiosity is killing me. I got to kind of know what he was going to do. How do you feel? Uh, I, I, it's going to be Schumacher, so I know I'm going to get into it with this. I mean... I might take a run at it because it's probably just be like, you know, it's going to be a 12-issue comic book. So that's going to be my big bitch right there. If it was like a one-shot, okay. But the fact is going to be, you know, a 12-issue comic. Uh, well, if it was going to be a movie originally, you couldn't really get it done in a one-shot. I mean, you'd have to do at least eight issues. But still, it's, it's just, I don't know if my, my I have the mental capacity to power through a 12-issue you know, comic book. I, I understand because Schumacher. But but to me, it's like the, it's like the car accident on the freeway. You 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 don't want to look. 
but it's there, and you're gonna look as you go by, no matter how much, you, how hard you but, try. But it's also like a school bus fire where you see it, and you just want to like get the children off the bus. Where in this case, it's, it's getting people saying, "Please don't read this." Like, I, I, like I please, I like you know, you want to save the children from that school bus fire, and that, and it, which is probably gonna be this. I think what and, he did with Bane is actually worse than what they did in Iron Man Three to the Mandarin. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was that. It was that. That that made me upset more than more than anything else. But here's the deal, and and, and let's keep an open mind here. What if this is good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, maybe this is like okay. I knew I screwed up with Batman and Robin. I've got to come up with something way better. What if this ends up being good? Does this? Is this a redemp? Is this a possibility for redemption here, or are we past that now? I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's like okay, it's like with Frank Miller. Okay, it's like Frank Miller your writing's great. However, when you do film, you're terrible. Um, it's like with Schumacher. Schumacher, your films are not that great. But if this pans out, then okay, you probably have something as a writer in terms of you know comics and stuff like that. Right. So, and, and maybe that's what he's thinking. Maybe he's thinking, you know what? I couldn't make this work in the films. Maybe if this is successful, I can kind of reinvent myself and maybe start doing comics. I mean, they put out the Batman 66 comic, which now I'm not comparing the two at all. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't everybody kill me for that. But I'm just saying, if you want to put out different alternate stories and you know, we loved Batman, the Adam West Batman, cause it was campy and it was fun. And I think that we need to kind of treat this a similar way. It's it's campy. It's fun. It's childhood goodness that we know is not canon at all. We could separate that from ourselves in the brain. I just worry that no matter what, this isn't going to get a fair shake. And I think that just like any other comic, any other storyline, I think it should get a fair shake because it's you never you never know. To me, this is the reverse. Actually, this is, no, this isn't really the reverse. This is um, the J.K. Rowling effect. Uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, when she wrote Harry Potter, right, she then wrote a book after Harry Potter, which had nothing to do with it. It was like a, it was like a crime mystery thing, and she used her name. Well, people didn't like it. They're like, what's this? Da, da, da. So she wrote a book, which I believe is called The Cuckoo's Clock, and um, which was like, again, like a mystery murder type of thing, but she did this, use a surname. And I don't know what the surname was. It was a guy's name, but it was a surname. Yeah, a lot like, of authors and, do that. And, yeah. and people were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, da, 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 great things. You know, um, it, you know, my, my ex at the time uh, was reading and she liked it. So then it comes to find out, yeah, it was J.K. Rowling. And that's what I, I swear to God, dude, I had, you know, I was, when I was, I was uh, uh, with my you know, girl, I was, this girl I was, you know, dating, uh, I literally couldn't find the book anywhere. I actually surprised. I actually had a special order it for her, and I showed up where she worked. I'm like, "Here's a receipt," and she goes, "What's this?" I go, um, "It's a." I go, "This is the J.K. Rowling book that she came out with," and she was just like, "Oh my god," and the, everything else. But you know, no, like I said, after it was announced that J.K. Rowling pretty much came out with it, you know, you couldn't find the book anywhere. Like I said, I had a special order it. Yeah, so I, I mean, imagine. you know, but uh, no. So again, it, you know, with Schumacher. Hey, we'll see where this is going. But other than that, hey, you know, it could be bad, it could be worse. But if I, will, willing, I will review if this. I'll review if, it. Okay, if you're willing to take the bullet, then you know, okay, be my guest. I'll do but, it. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I always do. I'm gonna give it a fair shake. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I promise. You take, hey, 
you take that ball and like like bullet like Thomas and Martha Wayne did. You 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 take that with pride. I really hope it's less tragic results. Right. <laughs> and Jameson's not screaming at the end. That's right. And but then again, Jameson, you know, could turn into the you know Batman. So we never know. That's right. I mean, I mean that could work out. I don't know if I want to sacrifice myself for that, but uh, but uh, hey, I, I I wouldn't mind him being the, the hero that that Gotham needs, but not, uh, he's not like, the one that deserves. He's well. In this case, he's the hero Hampton Roads and Virginia Beach needs, not the one it deserves. That's right, and he will carry that mantle proudly. He will. Speaking of horrific, you know, things of people dying and just mutilation and everything else. Well, it's our Halloween episode, so why not talk about the things that go bump in the night and mutilate people and invade your dreams and kill your puppies? Why not talk about that? Uh, Why not talk about killing puppies? Because it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Go with me here on this one. (laughs) I mean, we've all seen the thing. We've all seen what happened with the dogs. I mean, come on. sucks, man. That's why I I said that. I figured out, oh, my God, James's face has got to be like, oh, God, hand in the face, face palm. But coming up next, it's our favorite horror topics, favorite horror films, everything that has to deal with the monsters and the creepiness. Well, when I was younger, my mom always used to say, Halloween is lots of fun. Don't be scared and never run, but it's a scary Halloween edition. This week's main topic here on Down and Nerdy this week. To me, Halloween is this. It is the one day at night where your parents' teachings of stranger danger go completely out the window and they tell you it's okay to take candy from strangers' kids as long, right. as long as mommy and daddy are at the end of their driveway. That's right. I actually heard something hilarious. I was in a Halloween store the other day. Yeah, and uh, these two kids were with their uh, with their mom trying to yeah. find her costume, and uh, the kid says to his mom, he says, "I've only seen two scary costumes this whole place," and and your mom and the mom said, "Well, you know, you don't want it to be too scary." The kid looked at his mom and said, "Mom, Halloween is all about scaring little children." Yes, <laughs> I just I couldn't help it, man. I lost it. I thought that was hilarious. And of course, you know, the mom's like, don't encourage him. Kind of give me that. Don't encourage him. Look, and I've got my son with me and I'm like, Hey, I think this is funny. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold back. I I just, and I think that part of it it does need to be scary. Yeah. I mean, for example, uh, I used to go trick or treating when I was younger with my cousins um, in New York. And there was always this one house we'd stop at. Right. And it was kind of hooked up to look like a not like a you know some houses were actually like they would actually allow kids in and be like a haunted house. You know, yeah. of course, the parents were going as well. But there was one house where the guy his whole front was all decked out, and he actually um, did this really smart thing where he would have he had this, this metal trash can right and then a science of free candy or, or or candy inside or whatever like that because he, he didn't have a bowl inside. Right. So he encouraged you to open up. The uh, the can, you open up the, the metal trash can, and there and inside was a smoke machine, and inside with the smoke machine was a Chucky doll, with a knife in his hand, on a fucking spring. Oh wow! So you'd open it and it boom pop right out of the thing and scare you. That's crazy. And it was amazing. Every year he does it every year, and. Uh, Man, he got me one year, man. Oh, it freaked the hell out of me, dude. It really freaked me out. I remember when I was living in Raymond, New Hampshire. I had to be about five or six at the time. And there was always this house on the on a hill 
that was re- it was always really creepy. It was very Adams Family esque. Right. It was just like the one house on top of this hill. It was very Victorian esque. Yeah, and so we were that year we went out trick or treating, and you know we're walking down uh, the streets, going to the different houses, and we're going by that house. I look up at the house. Right. And there are people all over the front of the house, decked out. In costume, not just like, you know, hey, I bought the plastic sheet costumes that they used to have back in the day at the store where it's the plastic sheet and the mask. And that was it. No, we're talking like legit cosplay quality costumes. They had like Dracula. They had a robot up there, like a legit cool looking robot costume that somebody had. Right. And they were just all in on Halloween. They gave out awesome candy I mean, so the house that you were scared of, the other 364 days of the year, (laughs) you were all about going to because it's Halloween, and that's what it's all about. I don't think you need to give anybody a heart attack on Halloween either, but I mean, I think it needs to be scary. You know, you see all this cutesy Halloween uh, decoration stuff nowadays, and it kind of drives me nuts a little bit because to me, I mean, if you do have little kids, that's not really what Halloween is about. No, it's not. I mean, it, it, it's it, for Halloween for kids. It's about just getting one thing, getting candy, and that's yeah. pretty much it. But for everybody else, it's like you know, there's some people who do the mischief night. There are people who do you know scary other you know scary stuff and everything else. You know, as you get older, like with me personally, you know, our good friend Cody um, took us took me to to Bush Gardens for Halloween Scream, which was my first time, and you know, haunted house is really. I kind of shied away from haunted houses for a while. I never really did them, but I did all the haunted houses. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm doing the going to a hunt club farm for the haunted hay rides and everything else. Awesome. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So it's kind of like as you get older, you get more into that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, and things I need I need to you know kind of you know uh, uh, I, I you know when it comes to like me, I hate things that jump out at you. Like I hate jump scares more yeah, than anything in the world. Me too. So, so I mean, hopefully by doing all this stuff, I'm like lowering my uh, my scariness, my my fright of of jump scares and everything else. Yeah, I've never been a big haunted house guy for that very reason. I'd rather walk through something that's creepy and eerie and cool than jump scares. I don't like jump scares. I'd rather you take the time and effort for it to look creepy. And cool, and you know, off in the distance, <laughs> you've got something going on, kind of thing. I like that sort of thing, but the jump scares drive me crazy. Now, here's here's actually a good piece of advice for parents who are bring your kids to like a haunted house or whatever like that, and you know they're gonna be freaked out. Um, just tell them to laugh, like say laugh at them, just yeah. laugh at them. You know, say what's up because you know we Cody's son Talon went with us, and he's you know young, and he went with us. He went to all the houses. He was afraid, you know, so that, but. As we went, the more houses we went into, he was going, "Hey, what's up?" He was laughing and stuff like that. So it's like, mm-hmm. tell them that you know, if you have if you have young kids, you're bringing them to these haunted things. Just say, "Hey, laugh at this," or you know, it's all it's not real. You know, just laugh or just say, "Hey, what's right. up?" You know, you know, whatever. Take take their the the frighteners' enjoyment out of scaring you by saying, "Oh, hey, what's up, buddy?" Not you know? only that, but a lot of these places have a safe phrase. Where you say something like "monsters be gone" and they'll just move move away. There's a yeah, safe. Yeah. There's most of these places do have that safe phrase where if it's too much, you just say the safe safe phrase and they'll just back off. So it's not you know completely traumatic or anything. Because yep. sometimes you don't know what you're getting into no. until you get in there, and by then it's kind of too late. No, but um, no, I mean haunted houses are you know awesome. 
and fun. Um, you know, when you look at like Halloween in general, like like favorite costumes and stuff like that. Like I mean, Power Rangers, yes. I was Ash from Pokemon one year. Um, you know, I was a man in black um, in, in elementary school. As of recently, though, you know, uh, haven't really dressed up a lot. I mean, I was like. It was more makeshift costumes. Like, I was right. like, okay, like, you, you watch SNL, like, in the 90s, right, James? Oh, yeah. You remember the super fans? Yeah. I was a super fan for Halloween. Nice. I, ha- I I took a, I went, was, I made a makeshift. I bought, you know, a pair of brown aviator sunglasses. I had a Bears jersey. I had a Bulls hat, um, like an old Bears jersey, old Bulls hat. Uh, I had, and then for the mustache, I'm like, cause, you know, I, I couldn't really, I'm, you know, I didn't want to wait for so long to grow a mustache. Right, I bought. I literally bought a f- brown feather duster, ripped one of the feathers off, and like taped it to my face. That's hilarious. And uh, I had a uh, a mug. I'd print out the Bears logo and the Bulls logo, and just, pr- and just pasted it on there. And I was in college, my freshman year, my sophomore year of college. And I'm in my journalism class, I'm in my news writing class. And I told my 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 teacher, who's he, who, when you're in the journalism, I went to Morrisville State, and what was awesome was professors in the journalism department. We're on a, they wanted you to call on like on a first name basis, like Brian or whom or EJ or whoever. Mm-hmm. And so Brian was our uh, his name, Brian his name is Brian McDowell. He was our he was an awesome professor, probably my favorite professor there. And he, I told him I'm going to come in the, on Halloween dressed as this. I'm going to be in character the entire time. And so we're we're uh, so I'm, I come in, I got my costume on, and I go, "Hey Brian, what's going on, Brian?" And uh, we're we're learning about. Um, Yellow journalism and just and stuff like that and right. and and journalism integrity and I'm like Brian, you know what it is? What, he's like, well, what's journalism integrity? I tell you something, Brian. It'd be like if Mike Dick went to the Bears and was like, you know what? I like working for the Bears, and he ends up going to the Miami Dolphins the next day. You know, or he ends up saying, hey, we're going <laughs> to, or you know, he's like, or Mike Dick is going to be like, hey, you know, this guy's going, you know, this guy's going to. Dick Buckus is gonna play, and uh, and uh, and he doesn't play him, and puts him on the injury report. And you know what else is like, Brian? Like, like I tell you something, Brian. And Yellow Journal is like if Phil Jackson went to the to the finals and is like, you know what, you know what, Bab, Michael Jordan, the Airman, isn't gonna play today, and he ends up playing, and that's what Yellow Journalism is. <laughs> that's great. And and in my entire class was just in laughter because, like I said, every question was just always some sort of reference to Ditka or the Bulls or the Cubs or and something. And if you remember that bit, that's exactly what it was like. Da balls. But I mean, that, that was like like I actually have more fun. Not gonna lie, finding new ways to make costumes. Like I don't sew, I don't do whatever. No, neither do I. You know, but I like taking like you know, okay, let's take some you know jeans or a shirt. Where like, what can I be? You know. Oh, you know, I'll tell you what I did. Okay, what'd you do? I, um, because my wife is a big, big Halloween fanatic. Oh, yeah, you always decorate your house. Everything. Your oh, wife, yeah. by the way, your wife just missed Harley Quinn one year, and I doubt that was just for Halloween. Yeah, that, that, that was <laughs> I, a great year. That was a great night. What the hell are you talking that about? That was a great, well, you know, it's, it was a great year. Um, <laughs> no, one year I, um, I didn't get a chance to go out and get a costume. I don't remember what the hell was going on in our lives at the time, but it was a really busy time. I didn't get a chance to go out and get a costume. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? Because we always dress up as well. So this was back when the Summer, summer Olympics had uh, just ended. And right. it was still, we were still at the height of the 
of the Summer Olympics. So my wife uh, had some of her swim equipment uh, laying around. She she was a swimmer for a while. And so I decided to go get her swim cap. And I had these red, white, and blue uh, swim trunks. So I put the cap on and the swim trunks only. Right. And said I was Michael Phelps. Really? Yep. So I was I was Michael Phelps, and I even have a she has a picture of me doing like the little pose that he did when he when they won that relay race. Yeah, yeah. That one year in the Summer Olympics, I'm doing that little pose, and just my swim cap and my swim trunks, and it was cold, boys and girls. It was very cold that year on Halloween, so I you were George Costanza ing. I I took one for the team. Let's just put it that way. It shrinks. These are the things that I do for Halloween. This is how far I will go for Halloween. And then there was one year where I made, I posted this on the page a while ago, where I made my own uh, Scarecrow mask from uh, Batman Begins. I did the Batman Begins version of Scarecrow. And that was the first time I actually made something, actually did a little bit of sewing, did a little bit of cutting, and I thought it came out pretty darn good. You're right. I scared some people that year too. People were coming. There was a couple of people that actually would not come all the way up the stairs to get the candy because they were scared. And I was like, well, I guess I did it right then. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, your costume doesn't have to be perfect. You want to be a professional, but when, when you're wearing something that you, I think you made, it has more of an accomplishment. You're like, I made this and you know, I mean, it's just like I said. It's 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 more fun because I think it's. I like the, the idea of a challenge. You know, what I'm saying. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Okay, like say when I make like a Warshack costume or something. Okay, well, how can I do that? Let's see. I, do I have like a big sock or do I have like a a surgical gauze or something like that? Or you know, how can I be hush? Let's say I have a leather jacket. I have some like black jeans. I have you know I have some medical gauze. Or I can buy some medical gauze and wrap yeah. it on my head. You know. I can just do that, and it doesn't. And, and, and for the amount of money you spend on like actual like hush costume or actual costume, which can be like anywhere from forty or and higher, you know, you could be like, I made this by myself. I made this, you know, makeshift thing yeah. by myself. Yeah, and my mom always made all my costumes when I was younger. As a matter of fact, she made like the muscle suits that they have now for costumes. Yeah, she made one of those from scratch for me, and I that year I went as Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah, and that was an um. Amazing costume. Did I hope have, I, I you, hope I've got pictures of it somewhere. Did you have a slim gym in each hand? I had a slim gym. I had the full cape thing going on. Nice. The nice. glasses. <laughs> everything. It you was were, all you were out. Mod, so you were a macho man before the steroids. That's right. I went all out with this costume. <laughs> and that, actually that muscle suit came in handy quite a bit for other costumes too, you know, when you're superheroes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember one year. This was, I don't know what made me decide to do this. One year, I was just a, you know, just a regular ninja because, you know, it was getting to the point when I was younger and ninjas were starting to become more of a part of my life because I liked a lot of karate movies. Right. So I had the full, and again, it was a made costume, made the mask and everything. Right. So I was running ahead of other trick-or-treaters, climbing up into trees <laughs> and jumping out of the trees in front of them and scaring them. And it was snowy, so that was a pretty big risk. Yeah. So, you know, jumping out of the trees in front of them, in front of them to scare them and then running back to where I was to go trick-or-treating. But, I mean, it, it is, it's fun. It's a little bit scary at times. But, I mean, I think that some people take Halloween a little bit too seriously and don't get that it's Halloween 
and stuff like this is going to happen, and some people get upset. But yeah. I mean, just like you said, you got to have fun with it. You got to laugh fun. at it, even if it's a little scary. You got to let people know that nothing bad's really going to happen. Well, there's no, yeah, there's no malicious intent by anything that you do. But like you know, you look, you talk about costumes. I think my favorite, one of my favorite costumes though, um, that my mom made. Uh, she made my very first costume, which was like an alligator, which was actually pretty hilarious. Um, and then she made me. This is in the '90s, all right. Mortal Kombat just came out, or, or, or it, was, it was in that dawn of like the, the Mortal Kombat golden era, pretty much. She made me a homemade Sub Zero costume. Wow! Complete with ice ball. Wow! Nice. She, very nice. She here's what she did. She had I had like a uh, she took some you know. I remember going to the fabric store. She had, you know, blue fabric and some. I had a. Uh, she had me wear a black shirt, like a black long sleeve shirt. She had, and she took some blue fabric, put that over that, cut it out like how he wears it. And then for the mask, what she did was she took, you know, those winter hats that like that you put them on. They like they're the mask, but they don't have. They're not like the full frontal mask. They're just like there's a hole where your face is, but it covers like your your like what football players wear during games. Like if you were gonna if you're gonna go rob a Seven Eleven. Kind of like that, but without the whole eye holes and everything else. Right. She took that, and then what she did was, there was the one I had. I actually had like you could cover the nose. She took like a surgical mask and um, spray painted it blue and glued it and sewed it and glued it on there. That's smart. And then for the ice ball, what she did was, she took. Uh, she didn't want to do the styrofoam balls at all. She took a a shower. Um, you know, like the shower couche b- handles you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took one of those spray painted it blue and gave it to me. Excellent, excellent. Because so she wanted, she didn't want to be like, oh, I don't want to just kind of like throw like a blue ball. Like here's something actually has like some, you know, like edge design stuff like that. And it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. I had lots of fun with that. That's awesome. So let's talk about. You can't not talk about the candy. So what was that one candy that oh. you were hoping would drop into that Halloween bag or bucket that you carried when you were younger? Milky Way. Definitely the Milky really? Way. You're a Milky Way guy. I'm a definite Milky Way guy. You don't hear a lot of people that have strong feelings about Milky Way. I love the, I love chocolate. I love caramel. Dude, when I go to the movies, and ladies, you'll notice when we go on movie dates. Yeah. Um, I always got to have with me a, a box of Milk Duds. I always got to have a box of Milk Duds. And I really? always got to have – yes, I always have a box of Milk Duds with me to go to a movie. And I always have one piece or like something of sour candy. I always had to have my mix of chocolatey right. caramel and then I mix of sour. Um, Milky Ways was one. Um, I even have, I'm a, I like Snickers now, but I never used to be. I never had a Snickers. I had a Snickers bar. I always gave it to my dad because he loves it. It's his favorite candy bar. You're a good son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, like uh, that uh, Milky Ways, Kit Kats, Juji Fruits. I loved. Um, you know, yeah. Anything that was like gummy or like. Chocolate. Um, another thing, though, I'll have to say this. I'm not going to lie. Junior Mints. I oh, love, I love Junior, Junior Mints. Mints. I still do. Oh, I my God. Do. That's one thing that I'll get at movies every now and then. If I'm going to get candy, it'll usually be Junior Mints. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm not picky when it comes to candy. Of course, if you give me circus peanuts, I'll kick you in the dick. But, I mean, other than that, right. you know, because nobody – I mean, who, who likes circus peanuts? No, nobody likes circus peanuts. I don't. I'll tell you one thing for me. Uh, of course, I'm still, I'm still old enough to – Butterfingers weren't even out yet, so it was like when Butterfingers first started becoming popular. Oh my popular. god, Butterfinger BBs! Yeah, that was that was a big one for me when Butterfingers first came out and people were starting to give those out. For me, Twix. 
Yes! I love Twix and Kit, and Kit Kats. I don't know why, what it is about it. Obviously, I like Snickers, but something about Twix and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yep. Those are those are just the classics for me. And and from if you want to go way back in the day, and, and this will show my age. I know they're still around, but this will show my age. Crackle. Yeah. The Crackle, which is kind of like the bastardized version of uh, Nessie's Crunch. No, no yeah, 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 no, not the Craggle from the Lego movie. The Crackle bars. Yeah, I mean, I loved the. And they, they were, were they were the minis too. Well, when the Crackles came out, they're like the bastard sons of the Nestle Crunch bars. Yeah, but for some reason, I liked them better. I don't know if it's because they were thicker or or what it was, but I always loved those too. And sweet tarts. We're going sweet. Gotta go yep, sweet tarts. Gotta go sweet tarts. Um, uh, Smarties. You know, I mean, things are just pretty much sugar and disc form. We oh, love, yeah. you know, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you, you know, now here's the thing. Candy corn. What's your take on candy corn? I like it in small doses. Yes. I don't have to have it, you know, but yes. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if it's there, like if it, if there's a bowl of it there and I'm feeling that sweet tooth, I'll grab a few, but I'm not one of those guys that's double fisting candy corn. <laughs> I'm not double fisting candy corn either, but with me, it's just like, well, you couldn't, thing, you couldn't double, fist I couldn't it. double fist. I'd save my life <laughs> for circumstances that are obvious. Um, you asshole. <laughs> you could, you could single fist and then swirl around. The I, could. I could, I <laughs> could, I could attach, I could, I could attach a bag to my prosthetic arm and just be like, there we go. Um, but no, it's, uh, like, okay, here, now here's my thing with candy corn. I'm not a big fan of it. Now here's another thing. And this happens, this happens at least once in your childhood. You always get one of these people, the person that gives you the pennies, yeah, what change. is that about? Come on, people. Well, I mean, you know, the, the struggle is real. The economy is hard. You know, it's a hard time, you know. And, you know, hey, kids need to learn how to save money, you know. Yeah, there's, I mean, I remember one time I got I got a dollar dropped. And, uh, and my you dad. felt like you were rich. I man. was. I was on cloud nine, dude. I was like, you got you give me a dollar. I'll take that. Yeah, I can go buy my own candy now. Let this be known. Let this be known. October 2014. James Witham will holler for a dollar. That's right, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's going to hear this and going to be like, oh my God, this is who I'm You're married. kidding me? My wife's going to hear this and come out with a fistful of singles. Oh, yeah, she will. <laughs> she will. Yep, I've seen your wife's Facebook post. She loves making it rain on James there Witham. There you go. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so we talked about candy. We talked about costumes. We talked about haunted houses. Now, let's get to... Uh, something I like to talk about in terms of traditions, like what, like movies and just things you used to do on Halloween. I was like a trans tradition. Let's go with movies first. So for me, you know, it's always a nightmare before Christmas. It's always the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. You got to watch, um, as a kid, what was your favorite Halloween things to watch? Like in horror movies, especially. Like, I love the old slasher, like the Freddy Cougars, the old New Line stuff. So I was definitely a Charlie Brown guy. Can't go wrong with that. I always loved the Garfield Halloween special too. Never seen that. I always thought that was that was pretty neat. I mean, it's 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 not scary at all. It's your typical Garfield and Odie getting into trouble kind of thing, and Garfield trying to get as much candy as he possibly can. Uh, so th- so there was always uh, there was always that one. Um, you know me. I was always the classic. You know, like the Mummy movies, or uh, not not the Brandon Fraser ones, but the the old old Mummy movie, uh, the Dracula black and whites. I'm the black and whites guy. I I if I'm gonna do it, 
I'm gonna go back, or 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 if you want to do like Tales from the Crypt, I could do I could do that. That was always something that was very cool. Every now and then they'd have like little mini marathons, or Twilight Zone was always one that they would marathon when I was younger, uh, for for around Halloween time. So it was stuff like that for me. I'm very old school. I don't like new school horror, and I don't think I ever will because of the way that that it's presented. It's, it's well now the new horror. It's like if it's not a remake, it's torture porn. And I'm like, listen, I don't need to see a guy's like. When you saw like Freddy Krueger and stuff like that, like okay, they got stabbed, and yeah, there were parts where like you know Jason jams an arrow through a girl and like rips her in half. It's like that's one thing, but I don't need to see a guy's like tendons rip or his Achilles being yeah. cut. And I, I like to gruesome material, you know. I don't need to see. That. I, don't, I don't. That turns me off. Like I have Hostel, and it's like it's hard. I haven't watched it in like years because I'm like I can't do it. I really I, can't do it. I don't need to see the the pulsing wound with blood just spewing out of it. And all that yeah. stuff. I don't need all that. I would rather, I would rather do the. You know, it's it's all about the illusion of what happened or what's gonna happen for me more than anything else. I can I can finish that thought. You know, yeah. I don't need to. I don't need it to be spelled out for me. I I can finish that thought and know what happens. Yeah, but I think what me like I said like I love the old slasher stuff. You know, we we talked. I said multiple times on past shows. I love the Universal Monster movies. I love watching old black and white stuff. It's great, you know. I mean, my parents used to have like a Halloween party like every year, and it was it was awesome, you know. I mean, when I was a little kid, it was great, you know. I had my aunts, my uncles would come, like they'd come. And this is the thing too is, I don't know if you and your wife have ever done this, but I know it's going to happen to all of us. You're going to have that one year where you do those the couple costumes, where like you're Raggedy Ann and Andy, mm-hmm. or you know, like I had one year like my aunt, my uncle at the time were Bert and Ernie. Um, we were actually going to do the Incredibles this year, but we couldn't find uh, all the costumes, so we decided not to do it. Oh, maybe next year. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I mean, now here's the thing. Okay, so if you had one couple costume, you had to choose one. You had to be somebody from a couple costume. What would it be? Oh, for you and your wife. So, are, you, are we talking like Raggedy Ann and Andy kind of stuff? We're talking Raggedy Ann and Andy. Um, and then since you got a son now, if you want to, for as a, as a part B family costume so i'm thinking just the selfish guy in me is thinking uh is thinking batman talia and damien wow that's actually awesome i think that well i think my wife would pull off talia very well so uh there's that but uh then of course you know damien that makes sense you know the spawn of of (laughs) batman and talia and i've already got the batman costume so I mean I could I could make that work. I just think that that would be very neat. And think about that. Think about getting a photo of that. That would be really cool. Right. To see that together. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get her father and my father-in-law to dress up as Raish, but uh, you know <laughs> I think that uh, I think that just the three of us would be just fine. Okay, so this is mine. Now this isn't really like a tan. Like these two people aren't in the same universe, but they ha- are of the same kind of background when it comes to like what their whole origins about. I would love it if my girlfriend dresses Carmen San Diego and I dress as Where's Waldo. That's so hilarious for so many reasons. <laughs> if you were now people, especially if you don't, especially if you don't have a son or a child, because yeah. we can't find it. We I want to stop for just one second, and okay. I want people to appreciate how funny that really is. Because if you really, really think about what he just said, that's really funny. 
<laughs> Where's Waldo and Carmen Sandiego? If you did not laugh at that, you and I, I don't like to lose listeners, but if you didn't laugh at that, you need to stop right now. <laughs> you need to stop and you need to find another show because that's funny. I don't care who you are, that is funny. Uh, why is that funny to you? Like, I, well, I'm think tra- about it. Where in the world is Carmen, Carmen Sandiego? San Diego, and where? then where is Waldo? Two yeah. people you can't freaking find ever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. And then they're together? That's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like they've been together the whole time. The That's whole why you time. can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but I want to be the guy at the park, like, hey, you see my girlfriend anywhere? And I'm actually being dead serious about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, and that would make it funny. Yeah. I mean, that'd be hilarious. You I see like... my boyfriend? No, he's blending in. I don't know he's, where he is. He's blending in. All I know is he's deep, he's deep digging the nachos right now. That's right. He's, he's deep digging sweet tarts. Find the nearest bowl of Milky Ways. That's where he <laughs> yeah, is. That's where he is. That's where he he's is. He's the asshole picking all the Milky Ways out of the candy bowl. <laughs> I am. I am the asshole that does that. I will see a bowl I, or, or a trough of candy. I will pick out all the Milky Ways. I've done it before. I hear someone go, son of a bitch. <laughs> I left my ass. I was actually at a party my friend had a couple years ago. I, I, he had like a bowl of candy. It was all fun size stuff. So it was like Snickers and shit. And... I took like a bunch of the Snickers. There's probably like one left, and I heard, I, I was like, I heard somebody go, "God damn it!" <laughs> only one fucking Milky Way. Who the fuck's all the Milky Ways? And I'm sitting there, my shitty and grin. And I had, I brought a bag. And I put all my bags the entire night. I'm like, oh, it's fantastic. Every year at my house, I always get the babe. What happened to all the Twix? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sorry. Blame the, <laughs> blame the baby. The baby it's, ate all the Twix. It's caramel and, and, and cookie crunch goodness. I'm not <laughs> even sorry. Yes. That's why we've waited to buy her. I'm going to go out and buy Halloween candy today because if I bought it before... All the Twix would be gone, all the yep. Reese Cups would be gone, and people would just be getting a bunch of Almond Joy. You know, that's that's remi- what would be happening. You know, that's what reminds me of, like, you know, see, being a candy, this is kind of an off topic, but still a topic of candy. Um, and I think I mentioned this on the Nerd Snacks episode, but when you're, when I was a kid, I went to the Catholic school, and one of the parts was we had to sell chocolate every, like, first quarter. And so, you know, we get these chocolate boxes, of course, it'd be, you know, almond and peanut butter and, you know, and caramel. I swear to God, I stole all the peanut butter stuff. Like we had it like in a, in a pantry. So like we said, so, okay, you gotta go sell these. I just ended up as a kid just started eating. Cause I didn't know the concept of I had to sell them. I thought, oh, they're giving me candy. <laughs> I get to candy. eat them. <laughs> so I ate like, I never, I wasn't really a big fan of caramel at the time, but the peanut butter was like, like I said, it was like eating uh, peanut butter cups if they were into candy bars. And I just ate all those. And my mom, they weren't, they weren't pissed. They actually found communists cause they were like, we got to pay for all those candy bars now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I used to make my mom buy me the dollar bars yeah. that I would sell. I think it was for school as well. I would make her buy me the dollar bars because they were basically giant crackles. Yeah. It was a giant crackle bar with all the, with all the, you know, rice oh, goodness in it. Speaking of the good, the, okay. Those humongous, like it takes bars. that takes two people to hold. You've seen them before. Have you ever had one of those? Yes. I had, yes. I had one of those. I got, 
It was my, a crunch bar. My wife got me the Snickers one last year and the Reese peanut butter cup one. And the Reese peanut butter cup one is hard as hell to eat. Well, because it's all sugar and it's like, it's all peanut butter. So it's, it's like you're getting that because when, you, yeah. when, you when you're eating like candy and people don't realize this, but when you're eating candy like this, um, you know, it, yeah, it, it's a, it, it, you get that same texture over and over and over and over and over again. So, I mean... You know, Not only that, but I mean, we had to cut the Snickers one with a knife. Good luck with that. Really? Warm up the knife before you do it because it's hard to cut. Wow. Then we made the mistake, I think, of putting one of them in the fridge. Yeah. Bad idea. Really bad idea. Unless you're going to fry it and do like a fried Snickers kind of thing, don't put it in the fridge. Just yeah. eat it as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know what's fun, though, too? If you take Twix bars, you freeze them a little bit and you eat them. And it's like they're tough to get through, but they're fu- but they're actually I, th- I find them a lot more better. I can see that it's better than doing the 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 ice cream version of those, which I never really understood but, why people do. But we are deviating away from our main topic a little bit. It's still uh, part of Halloween. It's still part of Halloween, but it's not all about candy and costumes. Like I said, it was about movies, and, and we talked about the movies and everything else. Um, worst Halloween experience or worst horror experience? I'll do mine first. I got two. Um, there was a, uh, yeah, I'll do two. Uh, there was, there was, um, when I was a, a little kid, the local community college, Onondaga Community College had a thing during the summer. It was like a summer camp for kids. It was called College for Kids. And, um, and, uh, what it was is you, in, quote unquote, enrolled in college classes, but they were all kid stuff. Like they had like a magic class. Right, right. Like, well, one of them, and like a pottery, which I took. Well, one of them was called Monsters and Magicians. And, uh, and uh, you know, you spent a little bit of time on magic, but it was a lot about monsters. It was mostly about, like, you learn, we learned about, like, horror stuff and, like, the invention of, like, Freddy Krueger and everything like that. And the, the guy that taught it was great. And we at, at the end, we partook, like, a little kids movie. You know, we made our own kids movie of, like, you know, uh, like a horror kind of a film which right. was fun I got the part of playing Freddy Krueger so I got to wear the glove I got to wear the, the sweater it was great um, and it was fun but now you're saying well, well why is this such a bad experience it was so good well here's the thing the giveaways were you know he'd give out stuff you know we do trivia and stuff like that well the giveaways one of them was he had these trading cards right and we, we were talking about trivia he's like okay and one of them was Okay, what's the name of the character that um, invades kids' dreams? And you know, at the time you're doing class, I don't think there's like five year olds taking this class. There's like twelve year olds, eleven year olds taking this class. So, right. they, so, you, so, so you know, so you're of the age where you know this stuff. And I said Freddy Krueger. So what does he give me? He gives me a Freddy Krueger training card of him, like pointing in, a, like in a mirror, like laughing, and it's scared the shit out of me. So I went home with this card that couldn't do anything. And Andre, I'm like 11 years old, and I have it, and I put it in my desk. I'm like, I don't want to sit out of sight, out of mind. I couldn't sleep the entire night, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, the card just scared the hell because all I saw was his face. And it was kind of a weird thing. Like, when I was a little kid, whenever I see a horror movie, for like three days, I always pretend, like, I always hear, like, I see Child's Play. What's the next thing I see for three days? I inv- I hear Ch- Chucky come up the stairs. Right. Like, and, and your mind pictures the silhouette of him being there. Exactly. It it invents it. It makes it creepy. I'll tell you that I got two words for you. Pet cemetery. Yeah. 
Oh my god, you know I'm an animal lover, but I made the mistake of seeing just part of Pet Cemetery, and I'm like, nope, nope, yep. not happening. And then there was the other thing um, where I slept in a room at one of my family members' houses, and they had these, you know those really creepy old dolls? Yeah, yeah, With, yeah. like, the big round eyes that kind of look like Howdy Doody kind of thing. Yeah, my mom actually um, collected, like, China, like, like life-size porcelain dolls she has. Well, my yeah, my aunt had one that was at her house, and it's sitting at a desk. In the spare bedroom, she has these things, but this one was life-size, too. And you always felt like it's, mo- like it's heads moving, or its eyes are looking at you. Right. It still creeps me out to this day thinking about that because the creepy doll thing that that does something to me man i am not all about that yeah one of them was uh you know yeah it was just um like i said the one story was my friend i had a friend who collected horror figures and he collected he was a big horror fanatic um and i stayed the night at his house one night and i had to sleep in his room on the floor so um he had this, this Glenn doll, you know, Chucky's son, Glenn, and he had it at the foot of his bed. And he had it to where I look up in the middle of the night and I wouldn't see anything but his face. And he's staring right at me. That's messed up. Um, and th- that was fucked up. And another day was, he, like I said, he collected these horror figures. So he got these new puppet master figures and he said, okay, now I want my, I got these new ones. They're in the box. I'm going to keep it this way. I don't have room for the old ones anymore. Do you want them? I stupidly said yes. So I I make the mistake of not only taking the Puppet Master dolls home, which are unboxed and displaying on top of my TV stand, but watching Puppet Master that same night. Oh, dude. <laughs> so you can imagine my fear of like, oh, my God, I'm going to wake up and Blade is going to be like stabbing me with his knife hand. Not good. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. The next day, I put him in the same Walmart bag he gave. He put him in. Said, "Here, take him." He started laughing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just not a good idea. No, yeah. I, I would not have taken them in a million years. No, so I mean, oh my god, but that's just like Halloween is like one of those years where it's like it's one of those holidays where it's like okay, like like I think as you get older, it's more of just an excuse to just dress up and and get drunk, which is fine, you know. But yeah, I, that's your thing, yeah. I'm I'm in Halloween for more of the creativity art uh, aspect of it. Um, now here's the thing. Now you have pe- trick or treaters that come to your door, and I believe you would give them candy. I'm of the mindset of like if I had to do that, of like if I have to do trick or treaters, uh, give them candy, you know, give out trick or treaters candy and stuff like that. I would be of the mindset of I would give them comics. I wouldn't give them candy. I give them comics. I give them. Th- I give more candy for good costumes. Uh, now, if there's a really good costume, I'll give them an extra piece of candy. Here's the if, thing: if you went to Walmart, which is fine, and bought your costume, because I'm gonna have to end up probably buying my costume this year. You go buy your costume, and you're gonna get a piece of candy. But you come up to me with a really good costume; it doesn't have to be comic book related. I'm gonna give you an extra piece of candy. Right. I mean, you know, it's just uh, I think when you look at it, though, you know, of course, if I give out the comics, like, like I'll give out comics. I'll put it this way: I'll give comics out to comic book. Kids, like kids, am I gonna come candy too? Because there's gonna be a bunch, probably be a bunch of people at my door, right? You know, and stuff like that. But if I had the money, I'd give them a comic and a piece of candy. But I wouldn't give like, hey, what are you? I'm this person, this piece of candy because I don't want my front, my my door to be like knocked in or TP'd or you know somebody glue a something like a dead goat's head on my door or something like that. that you would know, be a little extreme, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, but I mean, other than that, no. I mean, 
I, I give them comics or I just give them candy. But the thing is, like, I, just, I kind of don't do anything, though. Not just because of money, but I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be responsible for your, either A, your kids getting cavities, or B, the reason why your kid can't sleep at night because <laughs> he's so hot on sugar. Yeah, that's a, hey, that's a judgment call, parents. If you're going to do the Halloween thing, you need to be prepared for the fact that your kid's going to be hopped up on sugar. you got to so, regulate that. So what's Jameson's first costume going to be? I think we're going to go with Turtle. Turtle? Yep, going to be a Turtle. Which one? Uh, I don't think we've decided that yet. So wait, I got an idea. He should be a Turtle, you should be Master Splinter or Shredder, and your wife could be April O'Neil. We might be able to pull that off. Yeah. I might have to I might have to try and make that happen. It's short notice, but I might have to try and make that happen. <laughs> exactly. So I I mean I'm trying to think here. Um uh, yeah, see, so we co- like we covered movies, we covered everything else. So what else is there to cover about Halloween? I'm not really sure. I think we got it covered. I think we did everything that there is to talk about as far as Halloween goes. Yeah. And, uh, I'll keep sharing your Halloween memories at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down and nerdy. Tweet and your costumes. At, yeah, tweet us at down and nerdy 757. We want to see those costumes. I'm at Merkel One Arm, James. I'm at James Ace with them. That's W I T H A M. As far as emails go, we love getting your fan questions. Keep them coming. Down and nerdy podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and like I say, post those on our Facebook as well. We'll answer them throughout you know the week if we're not doing a show that day, um, or if it's leading up to the show, we'll answer them on the show itself, like we did this week. Um, but for James, I'm Nick, and that's gonna do it for this week of Down Nerdy. Safe, safe trick or treating, everybody. Don't TP and don't be an idiot and TP people's houses. If they give you a penny or candy corn or circus peanuts, they still spent money to give you that stuff. So. Be nice to them. Be respectful. Have fun. Most importantly, stay safe. And as always, pray safe comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.